BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's November 24th, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl, and it's time to get in the weeds. Jeremy Lambert looks very different today. Uh, SP3 is here, of course. The man himself, the substitute teacher. Do, do, do the gimmick, SP3. Tell them where you're at. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3, usually over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel or on this channel, talking not wrestling. Uh, on Tuesdays with FMC or on your friendly neighborhood uh, tier list by Jerome YouTube. That is me. I am here, the substitute teacher of Fightful, Jerome YouTube, the new media forbidden door. So many nicknames that I came up with this year. I'm very proud of myself. You should be. You should probably release an entire list of those things. Maybe give it a star rating because your star <laughs> ratings are the ones that I follow. And God knows the discourse this morning is probably going to cause me to never look at discourse ratings again. Oh boy, <laughs> I, I I haven't even I haven't even tried to look. I haven't even tried yet. You want to you want you want a spoiler SP three? Let let let's hear the spoiler. What's the what's the? I just want to hear what's the rating for Storm Strickland versus Hangman Adam Bing. That one you can guess and you'll get it right. Take a guess. Five and a half stars. He went five. Okay, Five that's plus. good. I, I'm proud of him for not going overboard. Yes, because I was I was close to going overboard, but I was like, yeah, Brian Cage didn't need to be there, so it's just a five. Now, now get the main event. That's what I need you to guess. Four and a half stars. He went four and a half stars. Him, I, and I, I literally after the matchup, I was like. Yeah, that's a match Dave would give four and a half stars. And I was pretty close to going there, too. I was like, uh, let me watch it second time. I was like, yeah, okay. I understand some of the people that the stuff before the bell, <laughs> it, hurt, it hurt the stuff after the bell. So, okay. And that's why I went down to four. But, yeah, I, I figured Dave would go four and a half. I'm not surprised at all. Wrestling's a subjective medium. 
exactly whatever you like you like whatever you dislike you dislike that's what i'm here for um but what people have to understand if you've been if you've been seeing dave Meltzer's star ratings for like i've been i've been seeing dave Meltzer's star ratings for i think like 20 25 years i can pretty much tell you what dave's gonna rate it and what it should be rated that's why i do my star rating i was like this is what it should be rated but sometimes i'll i'll like descriptive of a matchup and i'll describe it the way probably dave will describe it and that's what i did after jay white and mjf and i was expecting a lot more heat than i got i was like i was like i know people are going to be bothered by this matchup but i'm going to describe it how dave Melzer would describe it because i do see the good in this match well i see the good in you people out there watching us hello chat it's good to see you hope you had a wonderful american thanksgiving I'm in Canada, so it doesn't mean anything to me. But I get things for cheap anyway on this wonderful Black Friday. Uh, leave a thumbs up on the video if you haven't already. And, of course, you can subscribe to us here on Fightful Overbooked. If you haven't yet, you're missing out, buddy, because we drop content every single day. Hey, listen, you talk about Dave Meltzer, and look what happens. Uh, he's here. He's in. I hear star ratings. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Joel, Jer- Jeremy, you look very different this morning. I got a nice little tan over Thanksgiving. I, I can appreciate out, that. I moved out to the better coast of New York City. <laughs> so, yeah. What's going on, Espy? How you doing, Andrew? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm in my lounge. I'm in my lounge wear today. I got. I got I got a track suit on. I got a Sergio track suit on today. Very Queens. Very. Are you, you're gonna go out and just hold somebody up for a few thousand later. Hold on. You know, yesterday I I, I put this on. This was my land trip, and Jesse's like, "You are a product of your environment." I'm like, "Yep, I I pretty much am." Oh my goodness! I I'm wearing a sweater today because it's chilly in Canada, but I'm not going full tracksuit like you are. <laughs> no, I got the full Sergio's on. I'm gonna walk around town like this. People give me high fives. They see me in this, they're like, "Oh, dude, that is awesome! Thank you, thank hey, you for thanks. wearing this and representing our people. This is representation." <laughs> yes, so Queens. Uh, hey, so can we talk about your bird real quick? Talk about that turkey. So that's last year's turkey. Oh, is it? Yeah, that was last year's bird. Okay. Somebody made that last year. I posted that, and I think it might have. It, it was either Jonathan or or Rich that made it, and they're like, "Dude, it's like you have a cooking book, a cookbook." I'm like, "Yeah," and they, they posted that. But that was last year's bird. It was a 22 pound bird. We had two 20 pound birds this week, this year. Wow! And like, not enough of you living there to to justify 22 20. No, but I had. I, yeah, but I had like twenty people show up at my I house. Yes, yeah, I got I got to start coming around your house for Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, dude, Thanksgiving's a blast. Everybody's just loaded and stoned by the end. It's awesome. Nice. That sounds like a typical right. Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Grandma nice and stoned. It was perfect. Oh my God! How, did, did Grandma bring? Uh, did, did she bring the edibles, or did you bring them? Uh, grandma was Grandma was a hippie that lived on a commune uh, in the sixties. So. Uh, it's 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 all in the family, you know. We we're all we're all partaking at certain points. So she made the edibles is really what I'm getting. Here. <laughs> Dude, I got I got the best. I, you know, I don't want to get you guys flagged. I have the best. It's too late. Caramel. It's too late. Sorry, I got the best caramel edibles. A buddy of mine makes it, and they they are melting your mouth. Anybody that's ever been around me that's experienced one says the same exact thing. They are the best. You feel wonderful. 
Like if that's what I was introduced to at a, at a younger age, it would have become a problem for me because that's how, that's how amazing these are. And I know what I'm maxing Andrew's area for when I see him at World. Yeah, Earth. when I see you, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go. Yeah. You know what? You'll be there. I'll be there. I won't be there. If my if my press credentials haven't been pulled. Yeah, yeah. My I'm, I'm always at risk. So. Okay. Emails from Fight being like, "Hey, you want an AEW All In 2024 presale code?" And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Well, here it is anyway." Like. I ain't going, but okay, thanks. I, I got I got one from Johan Promotions. I just got a pre-sale code. That's because you probably went to the theater one time. No, they I they're a uh, partner of mine. I oh, with them. less fun. Yeah, there yeah. Go. There you go. Maybe maybe that maybe that's how I know some pay-per-view scoops. Also, oh Mr. Goodness. Scoops over here. You got anything for I don't us? Care. I'm exposing everybody today. I don't even care. Yeah, just drop all drop the scoops and drop your sources because why not? Yeah, why not? I don't care. I'm going to set this whole place on fire before I leave anyway. So yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's all I want to do. Before you set us all on fire, you have any scoops for us this morning? Or conspiracy? Uh, you know, I I don't. I, I have one story that I've been trying to verify, and I can't. It, it's getting difficult. So I'm going to put it on pause. It's not for right now. It's for maybe 60 days from now, but I'm putting it on pause. But. Um, are they doing the ramp setup in Chicago? I don't know what the setup looks like yet in Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised I think if they do the the backlash style. They they, they said they're yeah, doing yeah, that's uh, what I think. MSG style. It's MSG. Yeah. yeah. Because they they've sold those tickets behind the bowl. Like everything is yeah. done. It's wild. Like they sold that it's, arena. It's like 175 now in there. Yeah. Bigger than WrestleMania 22. Good for them. Wow. Yeah, really good for them. And, uh, you know, obviously CM Punk's coming back, and that's why everybody's yep. there, right? You know that uh, Living Color, they released uh, another... The, they re-released it, yeah. Yeah, Spotify. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Uh, uh, Ari Emanuel got on the phone with the people at the record company, whatever. What, what are they, Interscope? I don't even know. You know me. what? If they are, if they were Interscope, I would be so impressed with myself. Hold on. I'm I would be so sure impressed. They're on their own now. <laughs> Where? Let's see. What were they part of? I mean, uh, no, no. They were Epic Records. They were Epic they were, Records. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's like Epic, Def uh, Jam, Interscope. <laughs> That's all I knew. Yeah, no, they're, it was, they're it's all of them. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> They've been on Megaforce. All of them. Oh, when they started, they were picked up by Megaforce, like everybody else. Everybody. Yeah, that that was the if you were a metal band of any sorts, right? Yeah, that, was, that was Johnny Z's thing. That's how he found Metallica and Megadeth and signed them, and then put them onto the band. He was the original feeder system for for metal bands. That's what he was. God bless Johnny Z. Um, what did you guys think of? I don't know if you guys have talked about it. What did you guys think of uh, Dynamite? Buddy, show just started. I don't even know where I am yet. Oh crap! Where are we? <laughs> we, we 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 were just talking about uh. Day, I I accurately predicted oh, Dave Meltzer's star rating for MJF yeah. and Jay White. That's right. I got a nice happy Thanksgiving from David Meltzer. Oh, that's very kind. Nice. Does, he send, yeah. does he send you a Christmas yeah. card? Uh, no Christmas card. Uh, but but I do get holiday. I do get holiday messages, and then very threatening. Give me your scoop. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did send him a bicep shot though. The same one I sent you yesterday, Joel. Oh, the, the double, yes, sir. The double. Oh. I sent Joel a double shot, and I wrote, and I wrote in all caps, "TRT, baby." 
And I'm trying to turn that TRT into a TNA for you to come out to Vegas with me. There you go. You know what? I would love January. What it's MLK weekend, right? It's MLK weekend. So it's the 12th to the 15th yeah. is when I'm there. Dude, I would love to go to that. Come hang out. I actually would love to go. I know I, it's an option. It's a possibility because I have to make my way out there anyway. The first room, which I'm not going to divulge where I'm staying, but you know where I am. The first two nights, yeah. I pull out queen sized couch for you. Oh, <laughs> and it can. Angel, you know, you know, you know, you know about my neuroses with oh, hotels. I oh, I do. And, and beds and bedding and the suite. I have to book a suite. It has Who's to be facing a certain wall. Oh, I don't have that. I got a studio suite, so we're good. I got. I got a. I need. I need. There. I need a view. I got mountain views for you. I ain't doing no strip views. I want to sleep at night. Taking a sleep. I'm. I'm a. I'm a dad. I think we all are here. I'm. I'm yeah. Sleeping pills with me, and I'm. I'm holding up. Let me show you this. I'm, I'm bringing my switch with me, and somebody turned me on. Instead of getting the dock, the traditional dock. Yeah. Oh, that's the dongle. The dock dongle. Oh. And I tried it out, and this thing works perfectly. So I'm a. I'm, I'm going to be using oh, this. Because otherwise, I, I gotta bring me. a full-on dock, and like that's not fitting in my one backpack. Yeah, mine, no, mine's mine. over there in the actual dock. But yeah, my kids dock, are in here playing Mario Wonder. I wish I don't have Wonder yet. I, I'm still trying to. Oh, grind it's awesome! I know. I'm, it's I'm grinding, awesome. I'm grinding uh, Odyssey still. Dude, you know I got a PS5 over the summer uh, because I was getting a new TV. And my wife was like, why, why do we need a new TV? I'm like, because I need a PlayStation 5 and I need a 4K in the living room. Because I was, I was holding off on the 4K in the living room. Because nobody watches TV there. So I bought the PS5. I got to tell you, that Spider-Man game, unbelievable. Yeah, I heard That's good all things. I've heard. Yeah. Everybody's telling me the story, the graphics. It's amazing. So good. <laughs> why did you play this dongle into a slot machine, sir? Soko, are you going to be in Vegas? <laughs> Sulco, you go to TNA shows all the time. Are you going to be in Vegas? You've given me stuff from Vegas before. Tell me you're going because I want to. I want to. I want to shake your hand. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's Andrew Zarian, come come to Vegas. There you go. I'd love to, man. I'd love to. The, I would love to. That's Joel's pitch. Pitch to you to come to Vegas. Easy as that. Pull out couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. I, I, know, I, got a, I got a mean queen size pullout couch in my suite, in my studio I a, suite. I got a switch ready for you. Joe and I are cuddling. No, we're going to end up cuddling. That's what's going to happen. It's a you're going to be playing Switch cold. With, with, with Joel over Andrew, like his hands over him, yeah. teaching oh him how to play God. the game. Just wait until I have to explain photo. coming into my room being like, yeah, I'm doing interviews here. Why is Andrew Zarian sleeping on the couch? Don't ask. Just don't ask. Don't ask. He's just there. I'm just doing like the George Costanza pose, you know, like laying down like this on the couch. <laughs> oh, he'll be wearing his underpants and everything. That's it. What underpants? What do you? Who, who do you think I am? Oh, that's right. We won't get a body pillow. It's fine. We'll just we'll just go raw. No, but luckily for you, I am a never nude. <laughs> oh, good. So <laughs> just just Daisy Dukes. Jericho had David Cross on his show this week. Actually, dropped today, and I'm in the middle of listening to that episode. Speaking of never nudes, oh, really? That's funny. Good timing, Anya. That's funny. <laughs> uh, I, so I did. I did catch you guys talking about the star rating for that Hangman and and Swerve match. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I say this all the time. I do not like death matches. I'm not a death death match guy. I never got into CZW. I, it just it just never did it for me. Like I could appreciate an Onita Terry Funk death match but for the most part it's too much for me i i, I agree with dave that was a five-star match for me same, same. yeah it, 
Top to bottom. The general consensus for people who have said like deathmatch wrestling isn't for me, and you're far from alone. I've heard it at least five other times this week, is that the match warranted the stipulation, the build warranted the stipulation, and everything that happened between the ropes, that was exactly as it should have been, given the story itself. And yeah. I like death matches. I don't like I don't like watching an entire show of death matches per se, but like I can watch them and I'll enjoy them and be like, oh shit, let's go. But uh yeah, the match itself just did it for me. I called yeah. the uh, the artwork spot as I was talking to a friend of mine via the DMs, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, no, they're, they they had planned this one." I'm like, "Of course they did. You got to do the callback to child's art and staple it to the yeah. new bridge known as Swerve Strickland." <laughs> and then he totally wasn't, and it was a pay per view, right? And then yeah. you drink the and blood. <laughs> and he drank, and he drank his blood. I and mean, guess what? And guess what they did the next Wednesday? They aired on the channel they were supposed to air on. Exactly. Someone told me that their their TV deal was at risk for that drinking blood spot, and I was like, "Yeah, I heard. all right, I, I'm I'm sure I'm going to watch AEW Dynamite this week." Um, but I I really like to add on to what Joel said that the reason that this is like different from, especially even other death matches in AEW, like the ones I would compare it to, is like Hangman versus Mox at Revolution this year, and uh, the Mox versus Omega matchup from Full Gear 2019. In those matches, there was particular moments where I was like. Why are you creating physical harm to yourself? Like with the Hangman Mox match, it was uh, Hangman wrapping himself in barbed wire to do the yep. moonsault. I was like, cool spot, but you just hurt yourself more than probably him. This one, everything yep. they did was to cause physical harm to each other. That's what I love about this. Like it had meaning. It had substance. Everything led to the escalation of what they were doing. The power driver on the bar on the barbed wire, power driver on the barricade. Like it was just going further and further. And it just like like Nigel McGinnis said it best. It felt evolutionary. We were watching something totally yeah. different from yep. any other death match we had seen before. The the only criticism I would give, okay, and, and I'm not even the drinking of the blood. I, I have to tell you, Joel, when I was in Vegas for Double or Nothing last year, not that, not this previous one, the last year, did I tell you about this? Yeah, there were certain people in a room that I was in, okay? Of course. And I fantasy booked two years of Bruno San Martino in 1986 to 1988 turning into a vampire, okay? And he was drinking the blood of certain wrestlers. There was an individual, many individuals that are associated with AEW, maybe one that has a little bit of a power of, of, of the book. I think I inspired that with my Bruno storyline. I hope that in the, the, I hope that anyone remembers anything from a Vegas story two years later. Okay. That person yeah, deserves. That's what it was. That, that person that deserves, deserves all the credit. Everything. Yes. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, now, if Hangman like if if Hangman drinks Brian Cage's blood and like spits it, I was like, I can't, I can't. It's tainted. Then, then I would say that he booked my Bruno storyline because that was the whole thing. Bruno would just go around like he would like find the wrestler who was a vampire. He was just roaming around like floating in the back, and then like he would go up to Hulk Hogan and he couldn't, he couldn't take his blood because it's tainted. Of course, <laughs> he would. <laughs> Obviously, right. yeah, of course. Again, right. too much wingstrol. Uh. And then he's like disgusted, and he just floats away. What about Ed Leslie, brother? What about Brutus? Nah, and he just walks away. Yeah, no, thank you. No, no thank, thank you. you. What about Marty Janetti over there? Nah. 
No. No, thank you. He just he just wants pure blood, no tainted blood. Very no, I, I, the blood spot didn't bother me at all. But but the big the big problem for me was the cage spot. It was unnecessary. It didn't Same. it didn't help or it didn't protect anyone. It did nothing. It wasn't even like oh well that's why Hangman lost. It it, it was just like a nothing moment. You just needed the Nana spot. Like the Nana was the yeah, real distraction in, in that whole thing. It would have been completely perfect. Like that's why I said with when Joel when I when Joel asked me what did he what did I think Dave gave it, I was like five and a half. I think if there was no K spot, he would have went over five. Like that's I how so. this match this match was. But I felt like that was just totally unnecessary. So yeah, I agree with you. Like it's just five stars, but that K spot didn't that's the only nitpick to the entire matchup. I think yeah. that Cage and Page will have a blow off, or not a blow off, but they'll have some sort of high stakes match at uh, Winter is Coming, or possibly at World's End. Probably Winter is Coming, or at least lead to something. Hopefully. Well, we'll also find out if there's a January pay per view coming up. Hope it's yeah. January first, and that Tony calls it Day One. <laughs> you know what? Dude? I didn't mind that Day One pay per view. Neither did I. The the problem was you could only do it that one time because it was a Saturday. Yeah, that's the problem. Janu- and then everyone was like, what's going to happen in two years when January 1st is on a Monday? And everyone's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? You're going to call it day seven? You're going to do it next Saturday? What are you going to do? They can still call it day one. You know, they can still call it that. Yeah, but then it's got to become. You remember back in the day when, like, in your house would have a tagline that was associated to a hot act, so like, in your house, Degeneration X, in your house, Rock Bottom, and all that stuff. They'd have to call it like in your house, Day One ish, and it would have to be the Big Usos blow off. They oh, wouldn't get perfect. the rest of That would be work. That would work. Yeah, that would work. That's perfect. Run it back, Hunter. I know you're watching. Do you remember the, what the main event of Degener- uh, in your house DX was? Not at all. Not right Michael now. versus Ken Shamrock. Bingo! There you go. This guy. Good job. You got a point on the board. Hey, guys, if you haven't if you if you weren't aware, I'm the first black man to have a wink Mania. Like that I literally I literally was telling that to my family at Thanksgiving. Is that a fact? That's a fact. It was me it's me and Will Washington, the only black man that I've ever won uh Mania. So I had to crawl for him to walk. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, well, Will, I gotta tell you, Will Will <laughs> the amount of knowledge that man has is uh, astronomical. Yeah, I, I'm only the first black man because I got on Quizzlemania before Will Washington. I is that, is, okay, all right. <laughs> well, you know what? That you're on the same level as him. That means a lot. Congratulations on your impending job with AEW SP3. <laughs> yeah, that that's how it works. That gets you through the door. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to go I'm trying to go with you know the other the other guys because you know AEW yeah. keeps turning down my media application so don't worry you the next know. thing is the next step after winning that is Tony starts quizzing you on random forum posts from the late 90s yes. with usernames and you got to like say like what their top three posts were he's like January 19 1998 WrestleZone forums uh, too big too proud 97 said. What do they say? They said uh, they don't like the SummerSlam match between the Rock. Wait, he said no. He said January. Yeah, it's, it's been pitched. So, it's so been they're pitched. they're annoyed. They're annoyed at the <laughs> fact that Mike Tyson is being teased to come to WWF. They, yeah, they're very annoyed. It's over. <laughs> what happened? What? Yeah, well, it's over. Why? Why? The wrestling's dead. He's going to kill the business. Why are you bringing in the guy that bit Holyfield's ear? Why? Yeah. 
He went to jail. He's just going to bury everybody, and then everyone's going to be buried, and you might as well make Tyson your champion. Do you think the discourse was worse on the forums versus Twitter? I don't know. No, no, I don't. I think it's worse on Twitter because people are just so willing to spread disinformation and bullshit for clout that like that doesn't on the forums there would at least be a few people who would just check them and be like no there'd be one like a moderator or a super moderator or an admin who could step in and be like no that's that's garbage and they they'd be done with it it was i i feel like nobody discussed the business stuff back then it was just like storyline uh, here, here's what it was. Top, top things. WCW has all the old people and the young people can't get over, right? There was like a thousand of those. Um, uh, if WCW's mid card was the top of their card, they would be beating WWF. Uh, Steve Austin's run is ending. Uh, they need to pivot away from the corporate stuff, the corporate ministry over and over. And then it was just a bunch of fan fiction. Just like, a bunch of fan fiction. And every now and then, it would be like, "Have you ever heard of this guy, Brian Danielson? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Christopher you, Daniels? He Christopher Daniels, Spanky, Spanky, yeah. a lot of Spanky, uh, Garrison Cade, yes, no, Low Key, Amazing Paul Red, Paul, Paul London, London. yeah, I remember all of this. This is when I first got got on uh, the, the the forums, and then I also got the you know the internet, and I had a uh, LimeWire. So anytime I would hear a new wrestler, I would look him up on LimeWire, see if there was a match of his. I've told this story before on other shows, but the reason why I got so into pro, like I was always into wrestling because it's like my family and stuff. But that when Dave and Brian did the, did the Wrestling Observer Live Iata show, okay, it changed everything for me because it was a daily radio show at three thirty four. I think it was three o'clock or four o'clock, like after school. And I discovered him because I would listen to, here you go, Joel. I would listen to live audio wrestling on Mojo Radio. There it is. Mm. AM 660? Mojo was what? Oh, that one. That's on you. But I know yeah. I knew of Mojo. <laughs> I knew the call letter. Uh, Mojo was 660. But whatever they were on, it was, G- it was before uh, Agnew was on. It was uh, it was John Pollock. No, John pa- Dan the Math Lebransky and Jason Agnew. That was no, was it? No, Jeff Merrick, Jeff Merrick and Dan the Math Lebransky. Those were the two. Jeff Merrick and Dan the Math Lebransky. Mojo may have been six forty because that's what six forty became. City. Mojo was six forty, but they may have been on something before Mojo. Regardless. I can't remember. Regardless, yeah. Regardless, but but there was a great conspiracy theory show on before. It was called Cloak and Dagger, and they got thrown off the air uh, after 9-11. Gee, I wonder why. Oh, you know what I was talking about the other day? I wonder why. You're from New York, Andrew. Do you remember the Slammer? The The Slammer slammer. in in the Daily News. That's how I learned how to read, my mom told me yesterday. She said I was like five, six years old. She would always give me. It was it used to be uh, like a a guy in a mask, and he used to have. It oh, was like yes. the original dirt sheets in the Daily News every Sunday that had like the. In, that's how I learned that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were leaving for WCW. Like, yeah, that like they had a dirt sheet in the Daily News every single Sunday back in the day. Yeah, well, there was a show. Um... Heyman did uh, Pro Wrestling New York uh, uh, on channel on channel eleven for WCW. 
Oh my God, I'm remembering this now. Hold on. <laughs> now Pro Wrestling New York is going to be picked up by CBS on Saturday nights at 12.30 a.m. Debuting on, this is this is the, the slammer. I'm watching this. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at this right now. I found it. I found an article from 1991, 8.23, 1991 on the Daily News. Yeah, this was right after Russian Malloy's uh, column in the Daily News. <laughs> yeah, man, now I remember this. So this is what no, my, like before the internet, folks. Before before the internet. Before the internet. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. So I, I would get. Um, so obviously the Dave stuff with Iata. I I had set up my Iowa boombox, and I my my uncle had programmed a timer for me to be able to, for it to automatically record. It would launch Real Player and start recording on a separate thing on my on my um, Iowa boombox. That's how I would listen to the Observer. Before that, John Arezzi had a show here in Long Island. I like with John Arezzi. That's right. And my, and my cousin oh, yeah, would yeah. would get to bring me the tapes every week. I would get like a John Arezzi tape. Nice. And that was like weird, right? Like these these like adults are talking about wrestler wrestling, and it's like real <laughs> to them. You know, they're like talking about it, like it's like a real thing, and it's not like some kid telling you there's four Ultimate Warriors. That was the first time I heard like people being negative about the baby faces. I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Why? Why don't you like Tatanka?" I was like, "Why don't you like Hulk Hogan?" Hmm. <laughs> Wait, and then what, they freaking ruined wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> they gave them how much money? <laughs> and then the briefcase. Vince brought a briefcase. Briefcase full of to money. a meeting. Who's got? The cops were paid off. Who is this guy? Super who? Flying what? Wait, Vince Vince McMahon, the announcer, is the owner? The owner. Vince McMahon, the announcer, is the owner. That blew my mind. That, that, if you that told me the ultimate mind blown, dude. If you told me there were two Ultimate Warriors, I would believe you. If you told me that Vince McMahon owns that company, I'm like that twerpy announcer. Because nobody knew how jacked he was. He would wear Frankenstein jackets, you know? Like, it was the padded jackets that went up to here. And would not call one move. He would just say, what a maneuver! What a ma-. Even even back then, I, I realized that he was he would just say, what a maneuver for a lot of stuff. That was like his catchphrase back then. What, one of my favorite moments of Vince on commentary is, I think it was Royal Rumble 95 or 96. Uh, the, remember the Blue Brothers? Yes. Jacob and Eli, Eli and Jacob. The Harris brothers. So he's like, <laughs> yeah. So he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, no, coming down. Three, two. It's Eli Blue, or is it Jacob? He literally had no idea. <laughs> no, they never know. They never. The they men- were the Harris twins in WCW. Nobody knew. They never Nobody knew, knew which one they were. And when they were back in WWE as DOA, you never knew who was Skull, who was. I don't even know what the other one name was. Like Eight Ball, Eight Ball, Eight Ball. Yeah, Eight Ball and Skull. I, and then at one point, Vince would turn into doing commentary with himself. So he had two voices. That it was. That was it. Right. Like he would do the. Three, two, and then he's coming again. Oh, he's not. You know, like he would do the commentary. And I think that's why he likes producing because he's probably doing that to both of them. Yeah. He's doing the commentary and the play by play. Lunatic. The best. The best on commentary. Underrated. Yeah. Nobody yeah. talks. Everybody, the JR who? JR who? His, yeah. energy, his energy, I will I will say, it was, it was iconic. <laughs> oh, it's atrocious. His, his, he was atrocious on commentary, but it was done in such a great way. Yeah, the energy. It was, it was the energy. Yeah. It was all, yeah. 
He got one, two, he's got nine. I would get yelled at so much because that every time I would play with the figures, you know, like these guys. Oh, you would do oh, the no. My bright heart is stuck. No. You know, I would I would do the voice and my mother would just hear me doing the Vince McMahon on commentary voice, screaming on the top of my lungs. Uh, you know, oh, that he's got him. He's got a He's got a No, he doesn't. <laughs> I remember when I was at summer camp, my it, one year it was my folks would mail me because we they didn't do email. They had a fax machine, but it was whatever pain in the ass sent a fax. This was like 99, 2000. So they, they'd mail me the results from different wrestling shows, like televised shows. They'd mail them to me at camp so I could like read through them. And I gave oh, them that's awesome. I to pull from. And so they would, yeah, they would mail me that. And then when visitors day would come, it would normally be like end of July. So whatever the July pay-per-view was, they would bring me a cassette tape of that show so that I could watch it. So and I'd be like, so-and-so is going to bring it over. You just bring it with you. And we would do that. And I remember one year, it was 2001, the invasion pay-per-view happened and that was mid July or early July. So they brought it to me and we watched it on delay. And like, we, we all got together as a family, not my literal family, my camp family, all the wrestling fans. We all got together in a big room on like the movie nights. They were like, we're doing something we don't normally do. One of the movies tonight is a wrestling show. So if you want to sit for three hours and watch wrestling in this room, you can. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> that, Dude, that invasion, it, it, it's great. That was the perfect opportunity to do something so big. And it wasn't. No, <laughs> well, contracts, man. Money. See, back in those days, though, I had the black box. Like, I, I, I yep. literally blocked. Let me ask you. Uh, did you have the Pioneer? You had the Pioneer? Yeah. Yeah, I, pioneered. Yep. I literally was talking about this with Brian Myers. I did an interview with him <laughs> on Drill Heat, and, and he said that he had the, he used to watch the TNA pay per views on the Black Bonds, and that popped me so much. I was like, well, yes. I think Brian I was, Myers I, is from Bayside. Exactly. I was like, I was like, he's yeah, from, from New York. Town. I was like, we, I was like, you probably had the same style Black Box as me. And I was like, those TNA pay per views, ten dollars a week. I was like, I was like 14, 15 years old. I was like, I'm not. I'm not asking my mom for ten dollar a week pay per view, so it was black box or nothing. The black pioneer box with the switch. You used to get an E five code or an E four. One of yeah. them meant that it was done, and you had to bring it back to that white van on Queens Boulevard and be like, "Here you go." And for like, it was a hundred dollars for the box when I got it first, like nineteen ninety something. And then every time you would go, it was like twenty five dollars to fix it. Yep, mine you know was what we're talking about, Bill? Mine was over one twenty. One twenty fifth and and Lennox. They had the black boxes. Uptown. They had they had the VHS the VHSs right at the day after the pay per view. You you know, homie had to order the pay per view and then make all the VHSs. Yeah. He he had, used he to the bring stack. it on twenty fifth. Yeah, the stack. I used to go for the VHSs. I used to go to Jamaica Avenue. Nice. Oh, nice, nice. I, and I, I got to tell you, I got I'm, a great I'm familiar story. with that got, area because I'm because I went to school at St. John's. So I then I okay, then yeah. I so there you go. Right. So I used to go to Jamaica Avenue and buy uh, wrestling tapes and Dragon Ball Z. This is before like Dragon Ball. Like this is during. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little peek into my geekdom. This is the peak of the Cell Saga on uh on on Cartoon Network. Okay, so you go in 1999, 2000, yeah. 2000. 2000. And I, and I wanted like, I wanted the Magic Boo saga. So I, my friend's like, oh, let's go to Jamaica Avenue they, where we get the wrestling stuff. They also have like all of it dubbed in English. Okay. 
So I bought like $60 worth of Dragon Ball Z dubbed in English. And I popped it in and it was um, an at-home dub. So somebody did the dub. (laughs) Like, and it's not the same. And it was, it was, uh, the most inappropriate thing. I've never heard Goku drop the N-bomb so many times. Yes, yes. I think I have seen one of these because I've had I've had friends that had the VHSs that we used to always, like, after uh, after high school ended, after school, we would go to the house, watch Dragon Ball Z, and one of our friends had a VHS that just, I was like, why is Goku black? Because I was like, there's definitely a black guy's voice. <laughs> Drop an end bottle. <laughs> My jaw was on the ground. <laughs> Never. I was dying. I couldn't believe it. And you know what, though? It was it was so bad. It was so terrible. It was kids. It was like two, like, 11-year-old kids. Somehow, this guy, this, this guy ended up selling it. And... I still probably have it. I can. Fi- I gotta find it. It's probably in my attic somewhere. And, and I was like, I can't believe I spent like eighty dollars, and every one of the tapes were like this. That's awesome. I wish. I wish I collected those. Those are. Those are iconic. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to bust out. I, I I mentioned this a couple shows ago. I've got like a big giant pink box filled with old wrestling tapes and DVDs. And I'm like, I thought that I had given them away or sold them or something. But no, lo and behold, I was like cleaning out our place. And I was like, oh, shit, I still have. They were in the baby's room in his in his, in his uh, closet. And I was like, children's books, wrestling tapes. Oh, well, that's not supposed to be here. So anyway, long and the short of it is I got to pull those out because I got a lot of old shit in there that hopefully is still good. I have a lot of stuff at my mom's house of all the old pay-per-view VHSs I have. She also had Low Down Dirty Shame, which uh, the anniversary was yesterday, 29 years. That was the first, I think, rated R movie I ever watched. Low Down Dirty Shame, great stuff. Um, And I have a whole bunch of, like, DVDs from, like, Ring of Honor and PWG and stuff that I need to, like, either sell or put somewhere. (laughs) Chi-Town Spurs, I can tell you, there's no collector value on those because they're all taped off of yeah. you know recordings and yeah they're the some of them are original release or not original but like uh official releases and the dvds are fine but like ain't nobody buying those i could probably put them on on ebay or something and someone will take them but other than that they're just they're just fun physical media that i still have and, and still hold i've got over the edge 99 so there's that on on cassette. wow that's yeah that's a big one that's a, yeah. i think i have i have that one on one of those 125th vhs and stuff although didn't they put it on the network when it first i think opened? so i think they put I it on the so. network and everyone's yeah. like wow it's on the network and we were like there's just a giant disclaimer on the show is it is it not on now i think it's very edited though i'm not on peacock so i don't know i had yeah. i haven't checked network i use Sportsnet here uh oh it's shy time is talking about the dbc tops <laughs> those might be worth some money well, yo, you got Dude, you got I, 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 hundred bucks hundred bucks he's offering uh, i don't i gotta find it it's in my attic it's it has to be in my attic i it was like six of them and one by one i put it in and even the theme song was not the theme song to the show Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's just it's just some sick beat that some guy's doing as an overdub. <laughs> No, I, 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 honestly, I wish I was joking. I think it was like, like somebody doing their best DMX and singing about the Dragon Ball Z characters. Oh, that's he thought he thought he was getting Dragon Ball Z. He was really getting the uncut original version of the Boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was the Boondocks. Yeah, it was like it was like with a sample to the Boondocks. You know, the prototype. Oh God, this is the best episode we've ever done. Jeremy Lambert needs to go away more. <laughs> It's just, it's just two two New Yorkers educating Joel about the shenanigans that we pulled. I'm aware we're of edu- the shenanigans. We're educating Joel because I, I had a Compton crib certify him in the Bronx. So he needs to be, right. you know, learn all of this before he comes back to New York. And he's going to be, you know, he's going to be rocking the blue. He's going to be like all, all decked out when he meets uh, G. Lope. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Love y'all. Joel, I was a bad kid. I'm telling you, I was a bad kid from... I was a bad New York City kid. Color me shocked, Andrew Zarian. Color me shocked. Yeah. That was a good kid. Every house party we went to was like kids. Oh, dude. My favorite thing about house parties is the the idea that people would have them and they'd be like, why don't you host one of them? Because I'm not dumb. Like, I know that my place can... if, If you go to every house party when you're a teenager and you see it get trashed... What in God's name are you thinking? Be like, oh, I should host one of those because my cool points would go up. No, my, I don't need that. I don't need to clean up after this shit. I watched a dude try to have a cool points party. I posted this on on Twitter like a month ago. He tried to have a cool points party to the point where the seniors showed up. The bad seniors showed up, lit fireworks Uh-oh. in his front hallway, and he had to, the guy who was hosting the party had to light his own cat, not his couch, but his parents' couch on fire. So that he could have the cops called so that they could, this was teenage dumb logic, so that they can have the cops called to come, put it out, and then get everyone out of there. It was a heck of a time. And I was there. No, ours was different. Nope. Ours was different. It was, it was, no, our parties were very different. We, we It was just a bunch of Eddie Kingston's showing up at like a 16-year-old's girl's house. And just drinking up everything. And you're like, aren't you, aren't you a little too old for this? He goes, no, nah, my cousin's here. Yeah, his cousin it, was always bratting on the party. Of course, he, he, that guy is always related to the prettiest girl at the party. It seems like, yeah, like that was their uncle or their big cousin, older brother. Like, yeah, it was always yeah. like that. From Yonkers, I was about to say Yonkers, and then I, I've been told Yonkers anymore. Yonkers. Anyway, they took it away from you. You lost that. Jeremy tried to take it away from me, but Jeremy's yeah. like the whitest white guy you can think of. Yeah, he, he can't take it away from you. He can't take it away true. from you. That's true. Jeremy, if you're listening, I miss you. Like, not a lot, just enough. Where Where is he? He's on his he way stuffed? to Russellcade. No, oh, he's yeah, the Russellcade is this weekend. Yeah, Winston-Salem, he's on his way out there. So, Isn't, um, isn't Sean wrestling? 
Sean's wrestling next week at Black Label next Pro. Week. That's in Berwyn. Yeah. Uh, he's got Shaza. That's next Saturday. So this weekend's WrestleCade. Sean's going to be there too. Sean and Jeremy are there. I'm going to tell you, I hope he breaks her in half. Can you get the scoops on this match so that we can report it on this show? There we go. Uh, Sean's, Sean's going to pull off a crazy move. No, There's going to be a glass spot. There's going to be a glass spot and somebody's going to be screaming in Chicago. Real Is glass? Real glass? Are you going to cry me a river? Are you going to cry me a river? I well, You know what? Sean should do that. Sean should look at the camera and say, cry me a river at all his detractors. I've never met a man with so many detractors in my life. Well, that's because Dave doesn't really use his Twitter unless he's arguing with zero follower accounts. Yeah, yeah. David David only argues with the lowest of the uh, follower accounts. Which is fantastic. Like, it is. bit at this point that he's like, oh, how many followers? Zero. I got to respond to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation worth having. He's called it observing nothing. <laughs> you were talking about the, the tapes in your attic. I don't know if you've ever heard the story about uh, Matt McCarthy from We Watch Wrestling. He used to write for WWE as well. He was trying for the longest time to procure the tape library or the tapes that are in the boxes in Dave's shed. Shed. Yes. I've seen it. I've seen it. And it's thousands. It's thousands. Really? And that's whole thing is like the the air and the humidity and just years of them being in there in those tubs, like those cassettes, because he is a cassette aficionado, is Matt McCarthy. He's like the everything's gonna fall to pieces and be useless and all of this history is gonna be gone. And he wanted to like get these things from Dave. And I think And what'd he do? Dave didn't give it to him? I don't think he ever got them, but he had very uh interesting conversations with Dave about procuring them. Like they know each other. So the conversations were funny and they were, they were honest, but I don't think he ever got the tapes. I, so I have, um, so all the old observers, like the radio show from Iata, they're gone, right? Cause Dave yeah. doesn't own the rights to that. The radio show does. I actually, in a, in a weird coincidence of stuff, uh, Chauncey Hayden from the Howard Stern show, uh, bought the, all the assets in liquidation when Iata died. And he owns all of it, but he can't get to it. He's in Ireland. He lives in Ireland. So he can't get access to any of it because it's somewhere. Who knows where? And he's like, I'll just sign it over to you if you want to go get it. And I'm like, would that mean that I I am the observer if I own the rights to that? You would certainly be a historian of the observer and sit on. I would be a historian. Yeah. Yeah. You'd sit on some pretty interesting content. I can't tell you it's valuable, but I can tell you it will exist under your ownership. Yeah, I think it is. I yeah. think someone will will value it. So yeah, it is valuable. Yeah, I guess I so. love it. I, I think some of that stuff is on um, archive.org. Somebody put it up there, and it's amazing to listen back to it because, like, it's such history, you know. Live, like the whole demise of WCW. Like, there's interviews with Eric Bischoff on there. Like, it's a very different Eric and Dave having a conversation. You know, Jim Cornette too. Very different Jim and Dave. Back before everyone. I just want everyone. I just want. I know. Before everybody started a podcast, started fighting with each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why can't we all just get along? No, God forbid. Everyone needs to. Monitor. Those days are over. Those days are done. The well, '90s are over. And also, like the market is so saturated that everyone's got to find their niche to get their yeah. fan bases. We were just talking about how you know on the on the forums, people didn't talk about the money and the numbers and the ratings. Well, for one thing, like none of that none of that information was public, at least for anybody, until 2001 when WWE went public. And then after that, we could start getting those numbers. Uh, cable ratings, of course, you could get. But now you look at WrestleNomics and like they are the forerunners. They are the leaders in 
procuring that information and breaking it down and making sense to a, a more uh, advanced knowledge base. But other than that, yeah, people see numbers and they assume the worst nine out of 10 times because they think that whatever they saw on the Monday Night Wars is the number that it should be today without taking into account literally everything that has happened in the television landscape since 2001 or 99 yes. or 96. Like, oh, God, it's it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah, very. Not the, not the same metrics. Not Never. That, not how that works. By the way, Wade Keller also does. He does like 10-year-ago uh, flashback yeah. episodes. He tosses those on his podcast. Five-year-ago ones, those are really interesting. I listen to the five-year-ago because the quality of the audio is so much better. The 10 just sounds like he's talking on the phone. And I'm just like, I can't. I can't do that for two Yeah, because he used to do it on Blog Talk Radio. He still does Blog Talk in 2023. Wait, is this still a thing? Well, you brought up you brought up Wade Keller, so I wanted to bring up some wrestling in this in this hour conversation. Oh yeah, okay. with Darian. Um, Wade Hawkins is supposed to join. If you us. want, I'll leave. I'll get no, out no, of no. I wanted to get I wanted to get Andrew's uh, opinion on uh, Wade's report of uh, Jay White apparently not being thrilled with the booking and the build of the match in full gear. It was more of a was uh, like talking within like a podcast i don't know if it was a firm report it was more like speculating so i can add some context Uh, this This was taken from wade's breakdown of every person who was a part of the continental classic and he basically had added in his review or not his review but in his write-up on jay white as a participant he basically said he wasn't super thrilled with how things went down uh in his booking of the angle with mjf from soup to nuts and then of course there was like literally everyone else so it was kind of it was a buried piece of information in a much larger like contextual continental classic uh write-up um i i'll touch on i i think there's a lot of people frustrated with with booking uh and not being able to pivot when things don't work uh some talent they don't they're not very good at pivoting when they have a creative idea they don't want to get off of the creative idea uh, you know, like for Jay White, you know, they did this thing for so long and now like, OK, he lost. Now what? You know, uh, I for me, I would say that the whole Max storyline has been very muddied. Uh, I like the aspect that he's facing like everybody's gunning for him and just getting torn apart every time he has a match. I like that, but I think it's gotten too muddy. And that's probably what he's talking about. You know, when I've heard this complaint from other people there, talent wise, you know, sometimes it's just certain people can't pivot when they need to right yeah, yeah. that's that's been a, a criticism of mine about aew for a while with a lot of it's just a criticism not just of aew i think of tony khan in general because we're seeing kind of some of that in ring of honor where i feel like the tag team scene he still hasn't been able to pivot since jay briscoe passed away and yeah. like there's like and it's stuff that's out of his hand yes but that's the stuff that you kind of have to deal with with booking so much of what he's booking he's booking now he's next year is going to be uh the first full year where he's going to be booking seven hours of television every single week that's just a lot for anyone so if you have an injury you and then four hours once up. a month and another yeah. four yeah yeah like that's 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 a lot for anyone with all the other things that that Tony does, it's very, it's going to be difficult in general to pivot when there's an injury, when there's someone yeah. passing away, when there's someone that's out, when there's something that doesn't work. But it's even harder when you have to deal with up to 11 hours of television in a week. That's insane. I've said this on this show 
it's it's sometimes it's very frustrating to watch that to watch aw programming knowing that something else was planned and then someone gets injured or is unavailable and then they've got to veer off the highway and instead of taking a detour tony takes the emergency highway which is out of the way but it's alongside where the highway would run so that he could eventually get back on the highway past the incident whatever it is and typically like it's just not a very good pivot the pivot is never very good it's like we're we're pivoting because we still need to get to where we were but the pivot has to make sense and it doesn't because we still have to get back to what we were supposed to do instead of just letting things naturally progress to a way of like well we got to go with hot hands or we've got to work with you know with the talent that we have and not just wait for the talent that we need to come back it's that's the frustrating part to me i'll say this right when AEW started, they were match-based. It was it was the in-ring that was taking the precedence. And for years, everybody started screaming on the internet, hey, but they need more stories. They need more stories. You can't just run matches. They need more stories. So they interjected stories. They're just starting out with this way of doing things, right? They have everything as a story now. I mean, there's so many stories. Um, you know, if you're... Tony's a matchmaker. Is he a storyline guy? I don't know. It's still untested. This is a, this is relatively like the last 18 months they've gone this direction. You know, they have people helping with storyline. I can tell you that Swerve stuff is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and whoever, wink, wink, whoever is, you know, helping with that. It's, it's I think that person. It's what? It's known. It's common knowledge at this point. Okay, it's known. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, All right, it's, it's known. Yeah, once uh, Brian, Brian Alvarez, once once Brian put it out there, and Sean, you know, basically said, "Yeah, it's true." So. That will that will is that will involved in it. Perp. Yeah. It okay. Perp. All right. So I, I you know, I don't want to to the surprise of nobody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Because I messaged Will and I and I told him I was like, "Dude, if all these bozos that doubted you, you know, Will Washington, what does Will Washington know about running a store, doing storylines and creative and creative." You know what? This is his major. This is a major program he's doing or helping or whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to go into the details. But for somebody from outside of the wrestling industry to do something like this, it was. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, you could nitpick little things. Sure, you could do that with everything. How to get into the house? Where was ADT? You know, <laughs> did the alarms go off? Where was the wife? You know, but no, 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 got all that handled, man. Nana from New York, you got all that handled. I gotta say, Nana moves just like me. Those hips are not moving well when he does that dance. It's a New York. The, the, it, it's a very New York the shoulder, stiff. <laughs> the shoulders move though. Yeah, his shoulders are fine. The hips, not so much. One leg's going left, and the other one's going right. Um, I'm this, I think sorry, before you go, yeah. on, one thing about Will being in the room, and I know it's weird that like we praise Will on a FIFA platform, knowing that Will was here last before he went. But like the WWE hires Hollywood and TV, you know, writers all, all the, the time. time. And yeah. you don't think about those people because they're not forefront of interviews or conversations, but they are in the room and they're the ones thinking up a lot of this stuff. Will's experiences with wrestling podcasting and doing what, you know, the three of us do often. And that is a little bit of fantasy booking, a little bit of how I would have done it, a little bit of like thinking ahead or at least trying to trying to react to what we're seeing while also trying to be uh, responsive to the actual stories being told. Yeah, I you know, and sometimes you want an outside perspective and you want someone that has a little bit of that fandom and kind of understands and, 
you know, this worked. Whatever, you know, is it going to continue working for him? I, I God, I hope so because I want to see. I I like seeing people be successful. I don't like to see people fail, but it's a great example of you. You created a story and it's working. Now, there's a, many other examples that are not working there with stories, right. and I think it kind of has to do with the perspective that you're coming in there with. I think Will having a little bit of an out. I mean, Will, Will I shouldn't say he's an outsider because he obviously we know his relationship to wrestling. He's uh, he's a historian. He's an analytical guy. Uh, but for someone that is new to this, to be able to put something together like that, that's magic. I, I mean, that's that's great. Uh, you got to praise that. I think for AEW, back to basics, though, for the long haul, will be their success. I, I think yeah. they need to go back to basics. What made them great? Great matches. Uh, you know, not crash TV, but a little bit of that boom, boom, boom aspect to their TV program. You know, they're going to be criticized no matter what. They put on two blockbuster weeks of dynamite. Well, they can't keep this on going. You know, they need to slow down. They slow down. Well, look how boring this is. I think people have gotten into WWE operates a certain way, and there's no way to get them off that track. So you, you're okay with it. I think for AEW, there's a lot of criticism from the fans because they, they everybody has a different perspective that they feel that could shift it a little bit. Yeah, yeah you, it, you call it, yourselves the alternative. So what is that alternative? It's a different What is that alternative? But it's different answers Listen, man, people. I thought Raw was good, really good this week. I yeah. watched Raw for the first time live like that in a long time. It's just not my thing anymore. I'll watch SmackDown. I'll watch all the pay-per-views. I can't commit to the program because it doesn't visually work for me anymore. But my kids love it, so I sit there and I watch with them, and i got to do a show, so I have to watch it. But if I, it was left for me, I wouldn't be watching it as much. I want to. I feel you on that one, and I, I will say, like Dynamite this week, I thought was really good because I felt like it was the right balance of let's focus on the matches of the Continental Classic, but we also got the story of MJF and Samoa Joe being set up. We also got the Christian Cage segment, which I thought was one of the best promo segments that AEW has done this year because Christian Cage, I, I, I showed it to a non wrestling fan in my family, and they were like. Okay, I'm into this. I'm interested in this. This person is horrible, and I want to see him get his ass kicked. And and I don't think this guy is also pretty great either because he just murdered a kid right in front of his mom. So it's just like it, it, you had interesting characters, interesting stuff going on. Everybody got something out of it. So AEW can do that. They can do the great storytelling. They just have to balance it the right way. You're right. Yeah, I'm going to – oh, well, he just left us now. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Cam Hawkins is going to join us any minute, but I did want to hit a couple super chats. Uh, I'm just going to do that in a sec. Okay. Let's hit a couple super chats. Maybe Andrew will come. Oh, there he is. You, did you click out of the window? <laughs> I was going to say Cam, Cam Hawkins is going to be with us in like two minutes. So <laughs> just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I bought a mistake there. Uh, I, I do. I, I will say I do like that they changed uh, the dinosaur's name now. Yes. Oh, you know how badly I was waiting for him to call Nick Wayne Nick Cage? I've been saying it since the turn. I've been like, oh, my God, he's Nick Cage now. And then they said, the prodigy. I'm like, oh, I was going to turn into Roxanne Perez saying things. And then she did. But instead, no, we get the prodigy. No. Wayne should have been the. I, th- I, I think. Do you like the kill switch name? I don't yeah. think it's going to last unless they unmask him. I don't, I don't think it's going to last either. I think it's going to be a thing where the fans, they're going to be motivating the fans every week to chant Luchasaurus. I hate, I hate the Luchasaurus name. It's so dumb. Did you see Luchasaurus, the, the mask that he wore in Lucha Underground? Go back and watch it. It was very uh, Saurus-like. 
And then he got smart and got a better, well, a better mask that has since been, um, yeah, causing some problems for them legally, but that's not important. That's probably that honestly, that could be why they switched out from kill switch and why they might unmask him very shortly. Or we're going to go back to jungle express. Jurassic, oh, no. Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. I, I, I've been calling for Jack Perry to come home to his family for oh, a while. Dude, his lucha. Well, first of all, he was much smaller then, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's it, he's put on some masks. We're gonna see how he looks when he comes back officially. But uh, we got a couple super chats we got to hit. By the way, send in your super chats. Y'all are being great about this, and thank you for your patience. We just we went off on tangents. So since some of these are relevant to the conversation we're having, Caden said, in hindsight, do y'all think TK should have? done the uh cole mjf turn it all in feels like he was scared to pull the trigger because of the duo being hot uh andrew it really felt to me like that turn was coming and coming and coming and then they realized that this was a bigger thing that has a longer story arc attached to it so they didn't do it what were your thoughts um i don't like this i don't like the program Okay, I don't but- like Cole and MJF. Uh, I thought they should have broken them up when they were hot to put, put heat on one of them because it would have created this um, unbelievable anger towards the story and it would have been hot. Now, you know, Adam Cole got hurt and we're just sitting in limbo now. But is he the devil or is it CM Punk? Is Adam Cole going to show up at Survivor Series? Who knows? <laughs> Everything... Everything's all uh, combobulated. I mean, before All In, I did predict Cole was going to turn there, align with Roddy and the Kingdom to uh, be the new, the new heel faction, Undisputed Kingdom, as he as the AEW World Champion against the babyface MJF, because that's the logical story of MJF becomes this babyface, and the first guy he trusts betrays him. That builds sympathy for him. It makes a lot of sense, and I think that a lot of this is a lot messed up because of the Cole injury, which can't happen out of out of nowhere. And I thought that the you know going with Cole and MJF as a duo, keeping with them, that was a pivot that. I agreed with because they were hot. They were producing entertaining television at that time. But ever since the injury, it's kind of fallen apart. And I understand why people don't like the program. Before I get to my next super chat, I have a question for y'all. Paris Hilton just gave birth to a daughter. What do you think the daughter's name is? France. Close. Uh, 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 Lou. Oh, you were closest. London. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so now I see London and I see Paris. Paris. <laughs> I, I see London. I see France. <laughs> I see Joel Pearl's <laughs> underpants. Not yet. Jai uh, Downs versus Baby Stats, obviously, but having a live promo for Tony Storm and a women's match where every competitor has a story is a nice change from this past Dynamite. And that's the thing. It's that Tony will always put a segment and a match when it comes to the women's division. It's just how he builds those stories. They, they spent a little bit of time trying to explain why they were doing the three way. And then Tony is Tony storm. Like it's it, she, again, going back to the hot hand, it is exactly there. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if SP three, you have anything to add to those. That that was the best timeless segment yet. That was great. Her, her, her doing the acceptance speech. That was great. I, I, I really enjoyed that one, but I get there. That's another thing that's kind of been polarizing to some people. Some people like it. Some people don't. It's weird, but I enjoy t- timeless Tony storm. Andrew Zarian, anything left to add before I kick you I, off? I, yeah, I love, I love the the timeless Tony Storm stuff. I love that she's an old timey actress. I love that she goes into hysterics. 
I, I love that she was asking for the head of Warner, Jack, Jack Warner. Warner. You know, like it, in it's, dead forty-seven it, years. Yeah, Jack Warner passed away forty-seven years ago. I'm sorry to let you know, Tony Storm. Uh, I RJ, I feel RJ's fingerprints are all over this. Oh, a hundred percent. He's. Yeah. You know what RJ's trying to do? By the way, love you, RJ City. I know you're watching. Yeah. If if this isn't an opportunity for RJ City to try and get a crossover with TCM so that he can then parlay that into a full-time job for himself outside of AEW and full-time with TCM host, producer, owner of the network. I don't know, but if it's not that, I don't know what we're doing here. I want I want him to host a a very macabre Vincent Price style horror show. Oh, well, like the old timey, old timey horror movies. He would I'd love that. Uh, I want him to do like a, like a, like a, a dinner and a movie. Him and R- Renee, they could yes. re- resurrect that show. Can you imagine that on TBS? Dinner and a movie with Renee Paquette. Oh yes, and John Moxley, uh, and John Moxley. Oh, John Moxley too. <laughs> Renee, John, and RJ. Three and it's just mocks threatening people the entire time. Oh, so good. Just he's very unimpressed by everything. They're making me make shallots. I don't even know what shallots are, but I have to get them. <laughs> They're making me do shallots. <laughs> and RJ's just like, oh, you mean like Gene Shallot? And then Renee's just like, oh, he's fucking clowns. He has he has the best Long Island accent from any Canadian I've ever met. He's I gotta a, tell he's you. He's a New Yorker for Christ's sake. He just he lives in Canada. Like he is Canadian, but like He's a New Yorker. Come on. I just it's yeah. such a great like yeah. Long Island, yeah. poor Washington, Manhasset, great neck accent. It is so perfect. Gotta get I, I love this promo. His promo on uh AEW social media after the loss. Oh my god. Whenever he gets really upset, he cuts some great promos. Oh my god. All right. Andrew Zero. All right. I'm out of here. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I'll be listening. There's the first. Oh, look at that. I got my balloon. That's how we know he's on a MacBook, ladies and gentlemen. Now do a thumbs up. Do a thumbs up. Uh, 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 It's got to be longer. Uh, How do the balloons work? The balloons are number two or the number five. Who does that? Me? Was it me? It's you. Yeah, yeah. We did a whole episode on this because Jeremy got a new MacBook and it messed it. Yeah. Yeah, the thumbs up, if you make them big enough, it's supposed to do something. Pull it back a bit. Pull it, pull it back. What are we doing? I think you. I think you're ribbing me. I don't no, think really this is real. You, you, do it, looking, you do the two, and I'm, it's I'm doing curses. Is, I put a curse on both of you. We did this episode. All right, already. No. All right toodles. I'm out of here. All right, take off. <laughs> We're gonna get to the rest of the super chats soon. Uh, we got we got our next guest. This is. This is probably the weirdest episode we've ever done because now we're just bringing people on as they arrive. So, ladies and gentlemen, from the ringer, very excited to welcome back the one and only Cameron Hawkins. Hey, my, my brother, brother, my brother. How is it going? Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Um, whatever you celebrate, ha- happy blessings to all of y'all, man. Absolutely. How are you Thank doing? You, How was your Thanksgiving? A lot of tequila. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. A lot of tequila, a lot of douce, a lot of people cheating at Uno um, and food. And of course, the Washington Commanders got spanked. And, you know, I live in Texas. And so when people come to my mother's house, like they're Cowboys fans. And so 
I had to have a lot of restraint not to kick people the entire fuck out of my mom's house because they get too familiar. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, no, I live here though. You, you can go, you can really leave. But yo, listen, one thing I'm not is a sore loser. When Dak went to the uh, Salvation Army uh, tub and pulled out a turkey leg, I was like, yo, <laughs> he's quite the celebration. So <laughs> and you know what? You know how you stop people from stunting on you? You win. When you don't win and they stun on you, you just got to eat it. And so, boy, like he ate that damn turkey leg. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. But no, Thanksgiving was cool, man. I'm with, um, you know, my mother, my sister came in town from Memphis. Uh, my, my aunts came in town from Maryland. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really good, man. It's my, it's my, uh, my aunt's 73rd birthday, um, today. And so like they got her balloons and all that. Like it's, it's, it's been really cool. Absolutely. Went to, a, um, I went to a soft opening for a restaurant, uh, Wednesday night. And, uh, that was really cool. Like Groovin' Gorilla was there, which is culturally impactful for a certain, amount of us um and yeah but he didn't do all that all that goofy shit so that was cool yeah and jack del rio got fired so you know what it's a great day it's a great down day. spurs congratulating cam on jack del rio's firing saying wish my bears would fire their coaches <laughs> I, I respect it thank you so much uh hey so we're going to talk about your ringer article but talking about people getting a little too comfortable uh in their houses you sent me a dm i'm gonna i'm gonna expose you here and i'm so- with it Wednesday, 3, 3.20 p.m. Eastern. He's just like, yes, I accept your invitation for Friday. Motherfucker, I hadn't even invited you on the show. Yeah, man. Listen, so, listen. Great it was like, it's nice to get invited on things and it makes you feel special. But I was like, no, this, I'm doing my own promo run for this thing. I decided. I was like, no, we're, we're gassing it. Like, it was, um, you know, when uh, it was Royal Rumble time. Uh, shout out to SP3, man. We we did a show uh, right before the Rumble. I was literally downstairs in the same house, my mom's spot. And it just like, that was the week that really all this picked up. You know what I'm saying? I got that, got that invite from WWE to go to that NIL dinner. And it's been different ever since. You know what I'm saying? So this, this J thing is like, before we even like talk about it, this J thing is like, we were at Wale Mania. Like nothing I said was, was, like, I wasn't making any of that up. We're at Wale Mani. We're in the green room. Um, we're all kicking it. We got mad bottles of champagne. There's, you know, all 92 of the Samoans is in there. You know, uh, the Uso and Solo's mom is in there. Trinity's in there. WWE corporate. And I'm, I'm literally, like, in the green room next to Jay. I'm exhausted because I've been running around the building the whole day, making sure everything's cool. I said, Jay. Like, I'm going to be the one to tell your story. And he's like, he's like, what you, what you mean, Oos? Like, what you mean, Oos? I'm like, I'm Jay. Like, this thing that's been building, like, is really a thing. I don't know if you see it, but I'm going to be the one to tell the story. He said, all right, Oos, I hear you, but can we get some more ice, Oos? I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I stay humble, dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was my job. My job was to make sure everything was straight. But um, we literally, we get on the Zoom call and... um. You know, I'm, I don't have my, my video on because I, you know, I have to do Zoom like for with my students for real. And I don't like them seeing me in tank tops because it's hot. I'm like, you know, I'm, I want to be professional. So I don't have the video on. I'm like, Jay, I told you seven months ago we was doing this. And he was like, I can't see you. Oos. like turn on your camera. I turn on. He's like, man, I remember you can. We had a ball, man. Let's go. And it was really like that. So it, it was important to me. Um, I don't like when people say like manifest. I don't think it means a thing, but like we really put this into motion way back then. And, you know, it was paying attention, watching how things worked. And, and again, like 
I, I stress to everybody who's listening or watching or, you know, looking at this on Twitter, being personable and being like a person will carry you so much in this game, man, because, you know, it wasn't just person I saw in the building. It was like the dude who was kicking it with my mom, making sure she was okay. You know, he don't know me from no other writer, but this is a person I trust because they're good to my family. Like that was the biggest thing coming out of like that whole weekend. Like solo don't talk to nobody. Solo reached out to me. He's like, Ooh, it's like you really took care of my people. Like, I really appreciate that. And so like the job is so much easier when they don't think you trying to expose them or get over on them. They know like, they give a damn about what we're doing and, and, and what we want to represent. So yeah, man, it made it so much easier just um, being able to let them know, like I'm, I'm here for what you're doing. So yeah. Yeah. When you do this, this your writing is very unique. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. When you walk into a situation like this, where you're like, I'm going to tell your story. And you, you, you think about that. You said you had seven months to think about it. What goes into your process at that point? Like, what are you thinking about? When you get into the meeting, you ask questions and then you got all this content. What what's going through your head as you start to write these stories? So with like with with I kind of did Jay and LA Knight back to back, right? And they're not super different in that these are people who are finding their footing in their late 30s, early 40s, right? Like like I'm and again, LA Knight, if if you look at his bank account before he got to WWE, I'm sure he's fine. You know what I'm saying? Jay Uso, one half of one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag team to exist, like before these late 30s. But you, you get to a point where you look back and you're like, I'm not old yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm not old yet. There's still, I still got time in front of me. And now I think I got it figured out. So with Jay, it was really like, uh, and I hope, and I've been reaching out to him, I hope they really let me release the audio. What I've been holding on to for years was that the day that American Alpha showed up on the main roster, it changed everything for the Usos. It's the first thing I asked him. And he was like, yes. He was like, literally, like, they showed up, they were hot, and it totally, like, we knew there was another gear that we had, so we put that into motion. Like, it's literally that. So, for, for me, it's like, I think I have a pulse on what's going on. Like, I really think that. You know, um, I think that I read body language and details and an effort. And it's not that they weren't trying before, but it's like you went from really, really good team having great matches to I need to present something different to last. You know what I'm saying? So um, the fact that I was right about that, I think that really carried the conversation. And for me, like like Joe, like you and I talk SP3, we've had I think we've done like two shows together. To me, it should always feel like this. You know what I'm saying? Like it should never yes. be any different than this. It should be us kicking it. And so the same way we were in those green rooms with them bottles and on stage and like kicking it, I should be able to talk to you like that and really get a feel for what it is you want and what you want to do and what you represent. Like it doesn't need to be any different. Um, I always say um, when, when I got on with the ringer, you know, I owe so much to Rick, but I feel like I've been writing that story for a year and a half, just us going out to the bar, having a drink, talking about life, talking about jobs. And when we, when it's finally time to write the genuinely that the interview, I don't know if they'll ever let me release it. If you listen to me and Rick talking, it's like, it was such a formality. We did it because we had to do it. You know what I mean? Like we did it because we needed to say we did it. I probably could have done 
almost the exact same thing without like us having an interview. Like we really was in them furniture stores, him looking at $3,000 couches. And then we go over to Nike and he would try to figure out why people were buying $115 Panda Dunks. That was real. Like none of that is made up. Like a girl really sent me money to pay for his lunch one day because we were kicking it. Like none of that is embellished. And so to me, it's always like, I want to know who you are in the moment, what you're going through right now, how you feel like Jay was. Stephen King is like really important to me. My stepfather put me on Stephen King as a little, little kid. And so when Jay was talking about going through those airports and like really being scared with there being like five, six people on a plane, immediately I was like the Langoliers because like that's just how it works. You know, can I tell you, by the way, sorry, cause y'all, when you, when I opened up that article and I read it and I was like, he's, why is he going on a Stephen King Langoliers? Like, oh shit. And I was like, what, what is Cam's connection to Stephen King? I love that you, first of all, you just answered my own question, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for getting there. That's perfect. No, nah, man, they, they, listen, they, they let me do this thing and shout out to Cal, my editor who like, okay. So the J thing, I think it topped out at like, right about 1800 words, right? Guys, the draft that I submitted, <laughs> it's like 3000. It's so much. And, and because we talked about so much, like shout out to Jay, like uh, LA Knight. And I don't, I don't fault him for this. LA Knight don't know me from nobody. Um, we talked for 15 minutes, roughly, right? Me and Jay talked for a half hour. I had to get Jay off the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to be like, all right, like, cause I didn't want to, you know, you want to respect their time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But me and Jay talked for a half hour, man. There was so much in there. Um, but not, nah, it really is. They let me do this thing, Joel, where they let me be both the biggest nerd and the coolest guy at the same time. Um, shout out to Cal. Cause he really does allow me to do both. And I think that that's why we've been able to make the things that we've made because we can appeal to, both audiences right like hardcore wrestling all i all i know is wrestling and also like all right so uh, my sister has a friend um she's here somewhere her name is danielle and danielle's like in love with all the wrestlers and so like she's like nah i, I saw you and jay i saw you and jay like that's dope like and i let her hear the audience she's like, i fucking love jay and like so it, it lets me do that thing where i get to exist in both spaces um yeah man it was um I'm sorry, Joe. Ask me questions about it. I'm just going to talk about how great it was all day if you don't ask me things. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm going to throw it SP3 because I, I don't want to dominate this conversation. Well, okay. So like you said, you, you kind of had a feeling of like who Jay was from that experience with him at Wale Mania. Was there anything that he said during the interview that surprised you that you really wasn't expecting him uh, like a certain answer or a way he said something? I think that you sometimes you forget how tight they are like like as a unit right so so what really got me was like he really even though they're like what three four months apart like the way that he feels about roman is just so like like that's of course they're about the same age grew up together they're brothers but there's a reverence he has for roman like for real and so uh it's kind of the same thing with uh with mellow where it was like I can do all the wrestling. Like the wrestling is not hard, but where's the camera? Where's the light? What should I be saying here? How should I emote here? He really had to relearn wrestling. And I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. You know what I mean? Like I was like, well, he's going to have to figure out how to fill more time in a promo and stuff like that. He was like, no, I really had to relearn how to do this. 
because I he said he never ever 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 thought about doing it without Jimmy. Like it wasn't even singles never crossed his mind, right? And so he's describing basically like I got to have Roman at the peak of his powers and I got to have Paul Heyman really teach me how to do this. And that was really like impressive because again, Jay was what 12, 13 years deep in the game at that point, you know? Um, but, but that was really interesting. And, you know, we, we all dealt with the pandemic in a different way. Like for him to be like actually without Jimmy for the first time and really be like in the airport by himself. Cause one thing he said, you know, they they get in, you know, the four of them or five of them get in a car and they driving 300 miles. He's like, it don't even feel like we went nowhere because we're talking and kicking it the whole time. It doesn't feel like a trip, you know, um, but now he all of a sudden has, has to deal with really being alone. Um, you, you, you find out how important family is to people when when they tell you like, no, I was it was what was really cool. And I don't want this to get more, but he was like, no, nah, I had some dark times. And I was like, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like when you are a man of a certain age, you're so used to family being what it is. You do start to kind of feel your mortality at, at weird times. And so him being able to say, no, nah, there were some dark times, like not being like with family. Um, but man, he is, he is it's, unsure. Isn't the word, but finding his confidence and being able to really find his confidence like at 38, 37 is so cool. Like I, it was really cathartic for somebody like me who also, and, and I told this um, when I did uh, Wednesday worldwide with the ringer a couple of weeks ago, like LA night is me. Like Jay is me in that. I found success in my late thirties, you know, like, and from again, for them, they've been successful, but like a newfound success in your late thirties, when you don't expect it, it gives you some really interesting perspective. So talking to them back to back has been really, really cool. Yeah. I think, I think back to uh, in your article talking about how, he had to go through the planes on the pandemic and it's, it's a low, it's already a lonely time. And yeah. now you're going to add that this dude is doing something completely different, completely separate of his brother, of his twin of like his life, you know, his, yeah. his, his partner who was not his, his wife um, just doing all that while doing it during a pandemic, going through the weirdest time, you know, in his life. I think about that and like that affects you. And he's talking about how he's got to go through TV and there's nobody there in terms of crowd. And now it's television. Now it's drama. Now it's real. And they weren't working, you know, with Roman on the empty pandemic stage. They had the screens and everything, but like it was different, but similar. And I just, I really appreciated the way that he was getting to that story where everything changed. It wasn't just one thing. It was literally the entire world and him trying to figure his shit out. It was, it's such a weird and interesting story. You're going to hear, um, and again, I hope they let me release it, but what stuck out to me, he was like, Cam, no crowd. There's no crowd. And you can just like, you can hear it echo the same way that he heard himself echo in the building. The way that he said it, man, it really was like no crowd. Like he's really processing in real time. Um, yeah, man. And, and shout out, listen, shout out to Roman and Heyman. Like to, the, to me, I think I said back then, like Oscar, Bailey and Sasha were the real stars of the pandemic to me because they were just, I mean, they were hamming it up. You know what I'm saying? They were going crazy, but they were so good in that we know exactly what we're doing, um, especially Bailey and Sasha being that we came up through the PC. 
They taught us where to look, what to do, not even dealing with the crowd. And so they kind of had that head start. But like everybody will tell you, like regardless of how you feel about Roman Reigns, if you thought he was terrible before the pandemic, you thought he was better after. You know, like even if you didn't yeah. like him, but the the real the real ones know he 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 the people not being there allowed him to really process creatively, and clearly not just process process creatively, but coach man, he really got to coach because you know Jay Jay Uso will tell you that's the reason that we have Jay Uso. You know what I mean? So man, it's it's what an amazing time, and again, the worst the worst time for so many of us. So fucking terrible, but creatively we got a little something out of it and that's where we are now so yeah sv3 i don't know if you want to add anything <laughs> um nah i mean i just i just enjoy hearing about this interview from cam like it's just fascinating kind of your like your mindset that was going into the interview and like what what would you say kind of like because you've getting a lot of kind of feedback from it over the last couple of days what have you thought about that as far as like the different headlines, because I know there was like certain dream match questions that got a lot of headlines and there was other stuff. So what have you thought about the feedback over the last couple of days to this? Yeah, while he sips his sips his coffee. <laughs> so sometimes I forget because like look, me, me and Joel talk. Um SP3 less than me and Joel, but you and I talk. Shout out to Caden, we talk. I, I forget sometimes that a lot of people's exposure to anything competition-based is only wrestling. And so when um when when Fightful pulled the headline about um you know if you want to have these dream matches you got to come to WWE. I was like, no, this is exactly for for wrestling, this is the most important thing of this interview. It absolutely is, right? Um, again, my, my, my greatest and worst tweet is me saying, I don't, I do not understand how you can look at the Usos and the Young Bucks and decide the Young Bucks are better. And it was, you know, I probably could have worded it better. Um, and it was, it, and the thing was, to me, it wasn't a slight to the Young Bucks because I was like, no, they're dope. I'm just saying, what's going on over here? This is what's up. But, you know, that, that, that did what it did. But what was interesting was something that I thought was so simple and so clear got super misconstrued and people took it so like they immediately went to tribalism and and a bunch of motherfuckers can't read it was all those things at once and i was just like guys it's oh i'm mad i had to go in and clarify and then you get people you clarify to how do you know that's what he meant motherfucker because he told me because <laughs> we were talking <laughs> but no um i i really think that um, the thing that should be understood. And if anybody hasn't read it, basically Jay Uso said, I said Jay. Um, and shout out to Tony Storm. Tony Storm made me feel like an idiot asking about dream matches. She was like, Ain't no dream matches. If this is dream, it shouldn't happen. Like I, I do what I want. I was like, okay, you're dope. You're dope. But <laughs> uh I asked him, and now I ask it different. I say, yo, are there any dream matches, matches you feel left on the table? Because I went into it um when I talked to Dax. He was like, I want FTR and the Usos. Like, that is my dream match. And shout out to Dax, because I, I love a worker. I love a worker. Mm -hmm. So the, the statement came out, and then Dax turned around and dropped his top 10 tag teams, and yep. the Usos weren't on there. Yep. But instead of me being like, nah, Dax, you told me a couple months ago. I was like, nah, I see it. I see it. I get what you're doing. But no, nah, um, Jay literally was like, because I, what I asked him was, 
when I talked to FTR, I talked to Dax. Dax was like, I want to run FTR and the Usos. I do not feel like it played out. That is my dream match. And he was like, the Usos are top tier. Or no, I'm sorry, FTR is top tier. They really are. He was like, I feel like we missed out on the Hardys. And I'll tell you why that was interesting. I think we would all say, thank you, sweetheart, because I know you're having a loud conversation outside. I appreciate that. Uh, my sister closed the door. Um, <laughs> he was like, no, we want to run the Hardys. And I think we would all agree. And this is not, this is no shade, no disrespect. Physically, the Hardys are not what they were 10 years ago, right? No. But for that to still be like Dre, Jay's dream match is super interesting because to me, that means they think that they can still get something out of the Hardys that would satisfy them and satisfy that crowd. I think that's really interesting. Like, like, like salute to the artists, right? Like I can get this rapper from 10 years ago and get the best verse out of him. It's like, uh, who does Nas, Nas and hit boy. It's like hit boy said, yo, Nas is still that man. I can put these beats like behind some Nas vocals and, and we're going to make classics. And he was right. So I think as an artist like that, I really appreciated that. But, he was like, yo, I want to run it with, with G.O.D. over there in Japan. Um, and the funny, like, again, I hope you guys get to hear it. I literally jump in and say, everybody thinks y'all are cousins anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, Cam. What everybody was thinking. You had to- <laughs> he was like, no, somewhere down the line. It was somewhere down the line. It was, it was really fun. Again, I think the reason I get to do some of the things I get to do is because we're having a conversation. You know, like we're really kicking it. But um, he was like, yo. Anybody who wants to run it, and he, I said, I didn't say Young Bucks. I didn't ask Young Bucks. He threw out Young Bucks because you know what time it is. He was like, Young Bucks, anybody, you got to come to WWE. And he was like, I think we're the best at, you know, the moves, the looks, the hair, the earrings, the tattoos, all that. Like, but that's how you're supposed to feel. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I interviewed Nick or Matt and they said the same thing, I'm printing it the same way. You're supposed to feel like you're the best. And so many people were like, Nobody wants a. There's no dream matches with the not bullshit. Like like stop lying. Like stop lying. Because me, who is not like aesthetically the biggest fan of the Young Bucks, they're a dream match for everybody. Like is like things can just be true, right? Like subjectivity should not absolve you from reality. Like you gotta really be real about what's going on in front of you and around you. And it really got to me because like they, they were like, okay, guys. I love AEW. I love AEW. I really do. The idea that you should, and and listen, Jay was like, we're not dropping down. Again, if the Bucks said the exact same thing, we're not dropping down to wrestle somebody in WWE, I think they got a point in that AEW has treated, in, in their short period of time, has treated tag team wrestling important every single week. Well, every single month, I'll say, right? Tag team wrestling is a staple of what they do. There's no doubt. Saying that going to WWE would not be a dream match where you're going to get the biggest crowd and the most eyes and the most buzz is stupid, right? So you can, I can agree with you about the promotion and the aesthetic. You also should understand the money and the eyes. Both of these things should just be true. You know what I'm saying? Like people, they just. Well, this, this is the thing. This is something that Jeremy and I talk about quite often, and that is normalizing using the sentence, it's not for me. And just yeah. just stay on just just stay on it and stand on it. If it's not for you, that's fine. It doesn't need to become a giant argument. 
nothing's a discord. Not everything is a discourse. Some things just ain't for you. And that's okay. And that's why, that's why Jeremy and I, and honestly, any guests that we have, we get on this show, we get on this platform and we set expectations and we, we have the conversation just like, this is why y'all are overreacting or why maybe, you know, your mindset could be a different way to maybe think about other others in this space because there are people who will want to see things that you don't want to see you may be even surprised to find out that there are more people who want to see it than those who do not there is a vocal minority and it does exist in wrestling so maybe we can start hearing out the fact that some people want to see something that you don't and that's a good thing it's okay to disagree it's just like that's what wrestling it's a subjective art it's okay to disagree some people will see an art piece and think that it it shows the sky some people will see an art piece and say that it shows their mother like that's how art is and i came up with an excellent content suggestion for fightful because cam has his you know famous tweet about you know the how can you say the bucks is better i i my most famous hottest take is all the usos did was steal the Young Bucks uh, in-ring style and the Briscoes promo style, sprinkle a little bit of Samoan on it, and put it on a mainstream platform. So I think that an excellent content suggestion is a honest, no-insult debate with me and Cam of who's better, Bucks or Uso. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> Yo, I was, I was on, um, it was end of the year last year. I was with uh, I was with Grab City, shout out to the brothers. And, you know, me. that's literally how me and Reg feel. And, and, and this is what I said, and here's what's crazy, SP3. Because, you again, like we have all these conversations and I was like, look, I'll concede that what they do is super similar to uh, to what the Bucks do. You man, super kicks. We jumping off. We doing that. What I said was aesthetically to me, them being like larger and more menacing adds to that because I believe the physicality a bit more. Boy, they was on YouTube calling me all kinds of size queens and yo, they <laughs> going crazy. I'm like, bro, we can't, we can't, what? We can't just like, like appreciate the style a bit differently because of who's presenting it. They was mad. But no, no. 100% correct, man. 100% correct. Like, somebody basically was in my comments saying like, so so you're you're trying to say that Jay wasn't saying that you can only have good matches in WWE. I'm like, he didn't say anything like that. None of that is on the page that you read. You just decided. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just decided that that's the way it goes. It's it's very difficult, man. Um hey, it's but, all right. Yeah. CM Punk's coming back on Saturday, right? Oh my god. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, just 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 genuinely. Um, I, I really appreciated the conversation, if for no other reason than you know. I said I was going to do it. I told my little brother two years ago, we were just like at the crib kicking it. I said, next year, I'm going to be on stage at Wale Mania. This was in 2021. And then in 2022, I'm like helping to do the show. And then that happens. And a couple of months later, they're like, yo, we're doing this writing thing at the ringer. Cam has an English degree. Let's see what he's doing. And I hit Rick the same day. A month later, it comes out. And we've been running ever since. You know what I'm saying? And we're at Wale Mania last year. I tell Jay, hey, I'm writing this story. And then, like, here we are. You know what I'm saying? Like, so put in the work, man. Put in the work. Believe in it. But but speak that stuff into existence, dude. Speak it into existence because, um, you know, I couldn't have imagined this run, especially, like, this late in the game. But it's been it's been a lot of fun, for sure. 
I think people know that I've been following you and your work since your torch days and, and a little bit before that. And, and I, I appreciate, you know, I've said this with you on camera and off camera, but Cam, I appreciate that you and I get to have this, uh, this building relationship that we've started in this friendship. So I really appreciate it, especially when you can drop into my DMs and be like, yeah, I'm going to show up on your show. I'm, I'm like, sliding in Cam's DM because I enjoyed this conversation so much. I'm sliding in his DMs. Yeah, yes. man, we got to talk more. <laughs> yeah. And also, men. Men, women, animals, minerals, vegetables, whatever. Men, take your ass to therapy. I'm telling oh you. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> take your yes. ass to therapy, baby. Can I, can I tell you real quick? Can I tell you real quick? Okay. I, this is because you, you had Dax, so this is great. Remember there was that one viral tweet that went around that said, like, what's what were your most controversial tweet or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. It was like the, earlier this week. And I was thinking to myself, what were they? And my two, I had two. One was me not liking the finish to all out 2021 and i was like well see i'm bunk saved my ass that night so it's okay and then the other thing was when dax was on renee paquette's show talking about therapy and how important it was to him and finding his way and i said if this man the manliest man in the entire universe that y'all love can bring his ass to therapy none of y'all have an excuse and people decided to run with that as if you know you have to get therapy and i'm like well i mean yes some of you should absolutely and they turned it into it it became this this whole like discourse about who can afford it and like that's a whole other can of worms and i am completely aware of some of the hurdles financially and not with therapy but cameron 100 percent. if you can't blue cross blue shield baby i'm straight i'm straight i might be in therapy the rest of my life baby get it please if you can do it (laughs) i recommend it therapy is not a place for you to if you're feeling like you're in the lowest of the low, therapy is a place where you can just talk it out and figure it out and and try and see what makes you tick, man. That's what I give it to. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Nah, man. Thank you for y'all's time, man. Listen, again, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Hook them horns. Um, and if you, if you haven't checked it out yet, man, the ringer.com, um, talking about my man Jay Uso taking off, trying to stick this landing, man. Um, so yeah, have a great weekend and, uh, shout out to, uh, Randy Orton. Boy, that that's gonna be loud. That is going right. to be a pop. Um, can't wait to see it. I, I'll be, you know, a couple of glasses of tequila in, but it'll be a good time. As one does, Cam Hawkins. Thank you so much. Thank y'all, Thanks, man. man. Take care. Stay blessed. Later. SP3, the revolving door continues. Indeed, indeed. Do you want time, me to do the introduction? I want you to do the introduction. And we're going to get to, by the way, there are some very generous super chats. We are going yes. to get to them, I swear to God. Uh, so so go ahead and introduce our, our round out. All right. Our, our third and final guest today is my esteemed colleague, my co-host over on AE Ramble. Someone I've known since freshman year at Cardinal Hayes High School. He's a man of 52,000 subscribers where you could go to him for your TV and movie reviews. But every Thursday, we talk about AEW Dynamite, the biggest critic of Tony Khan and AEW that is black, Jimmy Macaran. Hello, Hello, sir. Gentlemen, I am a little concerned about that uh, previous guest. It was a very positive last five (laughs) minutes I heard there. So I saw you, Winston. It's okay. <laughs> You're expecting the same. You might as well turn off now. God damn it. It's going to be rough. <laughs> Welcome. It's all subjective. That's all, boy. Oh, boy. Here we we go. got Jimmy Macarim up before uh, before 1130 on a Friday. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, God is good. It's a good Thanksgiving, Black Friday. God is good. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Can't complain. Great. I can't and I won't because if I do, no one will listen. 
Fair enough. You know how it goes. I want. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit us up with a super chat. Mike the jeweler sent a very generous one, saying, "In the weeds, one of the best shows that needs to be on the main channel." Well, if you listen to us at the top, the first Monday of every month, we are on the main channel. But other than that, I need to make money, so it's on this channel. So tell all your friends to subscribe to us here, Fightful Overbooked. All right. Hello, Jay Pearl. That's me, baby. And Mr. Substitute Teacher. That's SB3. That shill Will Washington, LOL, but he needs to come back on the graphs. Uh, Andrew SRS won't scoop me. When is Revolution? He wants to know. AW is still the shit. I don't know when Revolution is. No one seems to know yet. It's been a very tight-lipped conversation. Uh, gentlemen, let's right away, let's, let's have the conversation. Where the hell is AW Revolution and Sting's final match? Jimmy, I'm starting with you. Uh... Where things are going, I wouldn't be shocked if it's you said when? Where I should have asked. Yeah, oh. Where? I wouldn't be shocked if it's in North Carolina somewhere. Okay. I would not that be would shocked. That would make sense. Best reaction possible for Ric Flair, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what do you say? What 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 uh what what places have the best reactions for AEW shows? Um, Texas, where they're about to spend the next month? Texas, uh Oklahoma, Alabama, anything below the Mason Dixon line, all the slave states. Have the best reactions. That's just the facts. I don't make the rules. Don't get mad at me. SP3, where are they gonna boot? Where are they gonna do it? Um, I thought I thought it would be California. Uh, but you know, they did the whole big thing at the end of full gear that this is Sting's last matchup in California. I think that revolution will once again be the beginning of March. And I'm gonna go with Atlanta, Georgia. It's gonna say Atlanta. Ooh gonna say atlanta where do they do that clash match do you remember uh, you're stinging and when rick did that clash match wins uh is it wins wins of salem or something like that was it or, win, no. or i know it's somewhere it's somewhere in north carolina isn't it probably Pretty was cool. it would have been there or at least Okay, let's let's find out. Every oh, I don't want the ranked ones. No, it's, it's Clash of the Champions, nineteen eighty-eight. Oh, is it eighty-eight? I thought it was ninety for some reason. No, nah, it's nineteen eighty-eight. It's eighty-eight. <laughs> it went against. Oh, it yeah, went yeah. Against Wrestle WrestleMania four. If you weren't aware, Jimmy, before you know, before you came on, I did let everybody know I am the first black WrestleMania winner. Um, it was Greensboro, North Carolina. It was Greensboro. All right, all right. So yeah, you go. You can do it in North. They can do it in North Carolina over there, in Greensboro. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure Jimmy Cornette will come out for that. <laughs> the other I, Jimmy that doesn't like AEW. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. Some of those takes are rough. I love you, Cornette. I love you, Cornette. But I'm so wee. Uh, Marcus Ryan said to Super Chat saying, Swerve and Danielson in the finals, please. Uh, Jimmy, your take on the first night of the Continental Classic for AEW. I thought it was what I expected. Man. A lot of good matches. Um, they went really light this week. Every match, we pretty much knew who was going to win. Um, um, come off a pay-per-view. I'm not shocked by that. I thought we might get an upset in the finals the way it was going, but it just didn't. Not well. That that was the right decision. I agree. Like, like they should have had Mark Briscoe beat John Moxley. Like, that creates the sense of anyone can win in this tournament on any given night immediately. And that's what the match, it was kind of building to that. And then Moxley just puts him away with another death rider. After he kicks out of the death rider, I was like, okay, you got to hit the J driller. Hit the, mo-. I was like, hit the J, I was begging him. I was yelling at the TV, hit the J driller. Nothing. You know what I would have done? Ooh. I would have had Roosh 
win the match so that you can have the conversation about how Roosh refuses to lose and how Jay White is buried in AEW. If they were mad at the pay-per-view, they'd be really mad he loses to Roosh. They'd be real mad after that. (laughs) Roosh can't lose and Jay White can't win anymore. (laughs) I I was of the belief, too, that, that, yeah, if they'd done Mark Briscoe maybe getting that upset victory, especially in the main event of Dynamite, that would have got some people talking, and I think that would have been like anything can happen in this tournament. And my my one upset, and I think most people have kind of come around to to this idea, was Brody King defeating Brian Danielson at one point. Oh my god! Yes, please. Yeah, Love Dragon. But uh, if it comes late in the tournament, I think it just makes so much sense. Like he's his like second to last match, and he's just beaten up from all the other matches. He already came in with a broken orbital bone. Like, yeah, it, it just it just makes a, a whole bunch of sense. Uh, what do you think about like the the concept of the Continental Classic being for the Ring of Honor, the New Japan, and AEW title to make this Triple Crown, Jimmy? I mean, I feel like Triple Crown is the whole point, right? Otherwise, there's no reason to have an AEW belt. I mean, we've got plenty of them. Couldn't just grab one of them. We couldn't have Hook in the tournament for some reason. What are we doing? We have 11 belts. Why Why we need more? Listen, Triple Crown, if NJPW agreed, which I think they did, I would imagine. They did. Um, yeah. I mean, sure. Sounds good. It's going to put over, I was going to say Swerve, but I'm not very confident in that. I'm not sure he has the complexion for it. Um, Whomever. Whomever wins. I am going with Swerve and Danielson. That's like, I need that to be the finals. I heard some people saying Kingston and Moxley. I'm like, yeah, yeah cool, cool if you did that match again. But no, if that's the finals, no, that doesn't feel like a big enough finals for me. Uh, Mike the Jeweler, by the way, sent a, a chat earlier. I'm bringing this up. AW will be in Savannah, Georgia at the end of January. So maybe in February, the home of myself and the home of TBS and TNT and Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, if it's hot, Atlanta will be amazing. And then Jimmy Cornballs can just chill. <laughs> well, the last part, he could do that on the normal. But that's why Atlanta, again, this all could make sense, especially with a TV deal looming. You got to get that out of the way. So who knows? Maybe that's the big thing. Sign sign Sting or, or say goodbye to Sting and then sign a big money TV contract. Yeah, because I think it's going to their TV, their new TV deal is probably going to be announced at the beginning part of 2024 since their deal expires in October 2024. If they're going to get a deal, it's going to be in the first beginning of the month because that's when the the big re-up that they did until 2023, that happened at the beginning of 2020. Can I ask a uh, question? I'm thoroughly uh, curious. How much does like a hundred thousand people affect the TV rating? Let's say they're doing seven hundred thousand dynamite in four months. So in or on, like more or less from their normal. Oh, what question? No, no, no. <laughs> so okay. we're heading in one direction, sir. It's been four years. Fair. Um, I think a lot of the conversation we, we talked about this earlier was that. People think that you know one point or six point eight ratings need to come back, right? That we're back in nineteen ninety six, and that's <laughs> that's what we need to be seeing. No, right now the idea isn't um, whether or not they're gains; it's whether or not you are, you know, just keeping an even keel. Them losing a hundred thousand here and there isn't big, but if they start dipping wildly every week, then there's a different conversation to be had. Which you can also argue is like. Is that because of the audience growing stale and turned off from the product? Or 
is the night not working? Is there something else that's in the way, whether that's a, a different sport that's airing at the same time? WWE PLEs have been cannibalizing Collision and Rampage last months. Yeah. So that's understood. And no one's really, no one's upset about that at Warner Brothers. As far as I understand, it's just more like it's happening. And like, there's, that's just the reality. And we're not going to fault you for wrestling fans going with the company that has, you know, 50 plus years on you airing some of their biggest shows of the year on the service that, you know, they already pay for and have, you know, have a, a vested interest in. So, and, and I know it's been sad for four years, so I know people are not going to listen to me saying it now, but they don't care about that overall number. They care about the 18 to 49. The issue with AEW right now is that they are getting an older audience now. So they're losing more people in the 18 to 49 demo. But at the end of the day, they're still top five in on the night every single week for, for Wednesday, regardless if it's 700,000 there, 900,000 there. They're still top five in the 18 to 49. That's the number that, that, that Warner Brothers is really looking at. That's the number that Tony Khan is really looking at because that's the number that got them their re up in 2020. That's the number that got them their new deal with collision. And that's the number that's going to get them this new deal at the beginning of 2024. It doesn't matter if, if it's going to drop a hundred thousand or not, as long as they, that 18 to 49 stays in the top five, AEW is in a good position. Yep. And also, let's face it, they have other metrics that they can pull from as well. Because streaming is a big thing. Yeah. Social media, obviously, is, is another one, but it's not, you know, when you're discussing a TV deal, at the end of the day, yeah, your 18 to 49 is huge. Wrestling, though, is being consumed in very, very vastly different ways. So I, yeah, you can leverage one thing, and I don't know how they're going to do it. They got, you got Billy Corgan over here being like, yeah, take the NWA, but also you can have my wedding footage exclusively on your, on your, station and it was like we want that not the wrestling part yeah, like, okay we'll put the wrestling the wrestling goes on the app and your wedding goes on the cw uh because they talk about jesus in your wedding right you love jesus oh jesus and cocaine let's go it's like seven he- seven heaven all over again let's go i did like um, that for a different reason Wilchism's asking is TNT trying to get a new deal with the NBA because the nba wants a lot of money and that's the thing too is where does the nba land because that is that's going to impact a lot of these conversations raw and raw doesn't have a place yet. We don't know where that's going to land because again, a lot of people are vying for, for the NBA and that's a much, much bigger deal. Sure. Yeah. Um, we got, we got a few more, so let's, let's get on these. These, these are the, uh, the high rollers. Well, Chisholm also sent one saying, uh, what does that mean? It's Luke. It's Luke. When Tony, hey, Will, Will Chisholm, relax with all these because you still got AE Ramble later today. All right, <laughs> no, no, it's he's, fine. He's our he's our main contributor. He he's our main, I, I was go I was going over the numbers with uh, Jimmy this week, and I was like, Will Chisholm, Will Chisholm, Will Chisholm. Will Chisholm. God bless. <laughs> uh, God Tony, bless you. When Tony would tease Britt versus Jamie Hader, and then Ruby Soho came in and it was dropped. Then Paige came in and it was dropped, and then Jamie got hurt. And now it's oh, we're talking about we were talking about pivoting earlier. Uh, yes, and now it's now something is building. And that's the whole conversation. We were talking, Jimmy, earlier about uh, AEW and its way of pivoting or its unwillingness to pivot or that yes. the pivot includes going, you know, as far away as long as they can come right back to it. What, what are your uh, opinions on, on how Tony kind of books things when there are injuries or issues abound? It is infuriating how we can get an injury. These motherfuckers are out for six months or eight months or a year. And we're just gonna come right back to it. We'll be we'll be back. It, listen, it happened. We can come back to Moxley and Orange Cassidy. 
It'll come back to Jamie and Britt, I assume, at some point. Though I got to be honest, at this point, I'm kind of over it. Um, listen, as long as Jamie Hayden comes back, I'm, whatever they do with her, I co sign TK as long as it involves the belt. And that's about it. That's the only thing I'm concerned about. Uh, the belt. Jamie Hader, please. I am genuinely curious. And this is not a knock on Jamie Hader. Oh, my God. Don't do I this. just I just need to know. And chat, you can talk about it. Put it whatever you I don't care. I'm just interested. Why are people so wanting her back? Like, What, what did she bring? And I listen, I'm going to take the physical out because I know a lot of y'all are going to go that route. That's okay. That's okay. The, this is a physical business no matter of the gender, but what is it about Jamie Hayter outside of the physical that got y'all interested in her? To, From the me, to me, it was Jamie Hayter felt like an answer from AEW to like a Rhea Ripley, a badass woman that can, I can realistically beat up every single other woman on this roster. And I wouldn't be surprised if she could beat up a man like, like that, that that was the aura and it was just like this groundswell of momentum and just her having good matches great matches her kind of being in the shadow of Britt baker it just got the fans to rally behind her and that's why she became this popular figure that now that she's injured people want her to come back almost immediately lady hoss there it is yes that yeah how about she's better than your favorite aew women's wrestler and listen, that's totally fair. I, and again, I don't say that to disparage Jamie Hayter. It's just like when I think of the character aspects of Jamie Hayter, I was like, what were the what what was she doing as a character that would have invested people in in her story? And Lady Haas is one thing; like she was kicking a lot of ass. But for me, I was like, what stories? What were we telling story wise with her? But I guess we didn't really have a lot of time to do it because she also then got injured, and they had to take the title off of her and. She's out for the rest of the year, at least. I mean, she had kind of cooled down at that point anyway, because um, how do I say this nicely? Um, Tony Khan sometimes struggles to book women wrestlers. Was that clean, SP3? Does that, that was, work? That was, that was as best as you could do. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, was, there, was there a secret coaching session between you two? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like Britt was so kind of, Back in the day, at least, she was so over the top for character with the role model and all of this. And then Jamie Hayter's a stoic, kind of standing behind, arms folded, China esque almost. I, I thought it was a great look, especially when people got tired of Brit. Okay. I see a lot of people just being like, she can go. And that's what a lot of AEW fans are into. And I understand that. That's why, again, that's why I ask because I like character driven stories in my wrestling. If they can wrestle a hundred percent, that makes it better. But I'm always wondering like, what's the, what is their story or what is it that is getting people interested in her? And there, yeah, she, there, Val, Val gets it right here. She's strong AF. She's hard hitting brute strength. Or I don't give an F attitude is something I adore. It's pure badassery. And that's, that's great. Listen, if she makes you, feel like you can do anything then that's good enough for me that's why again i don't disparage her i think she's great just wondering like what is it but there it is i'll take it uh very very well said val yes that's why i had to bring it up uh bring up her 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 note uh chat town spurs says i really feel like the main event holding AEW back right now oh boy mjf is not evolving he's doing (laughs) this thing called response stick it works in the arena but it makes me want to change the channel so this was the one of the big moments coming out of Dynamite. We know it's Samoa Joe, Mimosa Joe, Samosa Joe, Ragosa Joe taking on MJF for the world title at World's End in on Long Island. 
Jimmy, what are we doing? Are you sick of MJF? And are you excited for the possible crowning of Mimosa Joe in December? MJF's great. MJF is all-time great. MJF is one of the, I don't know, eight, nine wrestlers ever who's really good at everything. Um, Sick of him is strong. What is, what did, um, (laughs) uh, it's not for me. <laughs> God bless you, Jimmy Macro. God bless. That's, That's how you know me. you're listening. <laughs> you're showing growth. <laughs> that cold response stuff. I just, I, it's not, I, it's not why I like MJF. I don't like any babyface who acts this way. I just don't. I didn't love The Rock when he started doing it, say 2000 ish. I don't love McFoley when he was doing it. And I don't like MJF when he's doing it. I just, it's just not my thing. Notice he's charismatic still. He still gets it. It's just when Joe came out, it didn't feel like it was somebody from a different show there. Like somebody yeah, from a Joe. different show. Like like Joe. Joe just like straight up went hood on him. Like he was like, "Yo, homie, you're my property." And the <laughs> yeah. thing about my property is people don't touch my property. Like I was just like, "Yo, where did we go? How did he mark him so fast?" Like I was like, I was like, he stabbed him up. <laughs> And I didn't even see the night. I was watching Seventh Heaven, and then Omar from The Wire showed up. It's a whole <laughs> thing. Like, this is great. This is amazing. Joe's so good, still. Jimmy, are you of the belief that MJF is just kind of putting on the act, or does he actually feel this way as a baby face? No, I'm in the middle. I listen, I've been saying for so long that this is an act, and it just doesn't appear to be going that way. I, they, I just... I believe that this is what MJF believes. His character is a, he's kind of set it up for the last few years, as especially with the punk feud, as he's this kind of like corny guy who's put on this shell of evil psychopaths. And I think the shell is broken. This is who he actually is. He's this fucking cornball baby face. No offense. I mean, in the nicest way possible. No, I got it. <laughs> Uh, I, I I am not like done with it. I'm not the, the the in the crowd that's over it. I'm not even in the crowd of Jimmy. It's not for me. I enjoy it, and I think it. I can obviously see it's working with the live crowd. And sometimes if something's working with the live crowd, I just kind of accept that's what it's going to be. It could be better. Like I said about the MJFJ White match, I was like, this is what I thought it was a great match, bell to bell. It could have been better without all the other nonsense that went on before the bell. That, like, that's the thing with this MJF babyface character. I feel like it's good because it is over with the crowd, but it could be better if you could flesh this out a little bit more. And like I said, I feel like this whole MJF babyface character has been on a treadmill ever since Adam Cole got injured. It feels like whatever the story was for his character... We're just keeping him on a treadmill and keeping him the same until Adam Cole is ready to come back. Who's the devil SP3? It's got to be Cole. It's got to be Cole at this. It cannot be Jack Perry. I beg of you, Tony God. This is the most people that's going to watch us live. So I'm I'm just going to put this out here. I'm going to put this out here. Tony Khan, please don't, please don't put Dylan McKay's son as the devil. No. Please, please don't do that. What if he comes out, but what if he comes out to like a super minor key version of the 90210 theme song and that's his new theme? What if, oh. Doesn't that get you going? Jimmy, who's the devil? 
I'm hoping it's Adam Cole. MJF would be a solid swerve. I um, as long as it's Jack Perry, I don't really care who it is. It could be Hook. It could be Marco Stunt. I don't care. Whoever you want, just not Jack Perry, please. Y'all Rest really in- don't like Jack Perry. Rest in peace. I, to I, I like Jack Perry. I think the role for Jack Perry right now, because he needs to be rebuilt, is you put him in the patriarchy. He goes back home. He's a kid that left home and realized <laughs> that he couldn't make it on his own. And now he has to go back to daddy. So I'm going to say this. Okay. One thing that I've said this on this show, I've said it on other shows. One thing that, that I don't love about AEW is that sometimes they give you extra homework or that somebody has to go on. So like somebody on social media has to pick out all the pieces so that you can put it together to make sense of a story. I don't like, I don't need to be hit over the head with it per se, but I need, sometimes I just need a little bit more reminding. Cause I, a lot of us watch a lot of different content and sometimes we're not thinking about wrestling 24 seven or specifically a W 24 seven. And so we see a lot of think pieces coming through and people being like, it's gotta be Jack Perry because this promo and this promo and here are the receipts and here's this and that. And I think that that, I think it's good that people want to talk about it, but then people kind of get their hopes up for something that was maybe never going to happen because it just doesn't, it doesn't flow with whatever we're doing right now. Adam Cole being the devil to me makes perfect sense. And I don't think people should be upset if he turns out to be the devil because taking a left turn and completely being like, Oh, it's Carl Anderson. He got released from his case. It's, it's Dolph Ziggler. If they do something like that, we have seen thing. this so many times before where this doesn't work out. Like the biggest example that I always remember and I bring up is who was stalking Jeff Hardy in 2009 with uh, who burned down his house, who set off the fireworks. And then we found out that it was supposed to be Christian Cage, but no, everybody knew it was going to be Christian Cage. So WWE said, no, Matt Hardy, his brother tried to kill his dog, burn down his house. And run him down off the road when it just made sense for Christian helping Edge, who was feuding with him, was the person to be the the person. Like, you don't need to make stuff convoluted. If the person is obvious and you can do the Bully Ray is the leader of Ace and Zace uh, video package and show Adam Cole sitting in front of the locker room with the devil mask behind him at All In. That's when he first got the mask. You can show the the devil's never there in person when Cole is not at the building or when Cole is here in person it's a video on the wall that could have been pre-recorded like that like those things make sense if it makes sense for Adam Cole to be the devil he should be the devil maybe they're afraid of the um the obvious which is everybody knowing who it is there people are afraid of that i get it but um i always think the story should make sense over any kind of reaction i get it should make sense. And also, <clears throat> there should be drama that builds and builds to that reaction. Dominic Mysterio, when he was a babyface, everyone was sitting there being like, when's he going to turn on his daddy? And when's he gonna... And then he did, and everyone was like, ah! And that's fine. Right? Because that, pop, that wasn't a babyface pop that he got. That was a finally... That's what <laughs> and that was a we waited so long for that there was a moment of catharsis and then immediately people were like oh shit now we got to deal with this kid but that at least like it led it, you we led you down a path and right now we're being led down the path whether or not you like it is another story but like there is something there to just having having it be someone who's in that circle of the mjf world storyline 
Adam yeah. Cole just makes it makes sense. Why not pay off something that just makes sense? Yeah, it's not complicated. It's got to be Cole or Britt or you know somebody who Cole is hired. Cole's the the, the brains is essentially the point. I'd be here it could be multiple people. It, you know, yeah. it could be people who are who are just multiple multiply involved in the story. It could be Roddy was one week. It could be Britt was one week. It could be Adam. Right. Like, and it that's why mean, I, I want them to do us. like the aces and eights where they reveal all the attackers like every week. That's how you prolong the story. If you if you want to wait for Cole to be it and be ready to come back into the ring, then start revealing some of the attackers. That's a good way to prolong the story a little bit. Yeah. That's the thing. We don't know. It could be another month. It could be another week. Like there's no timetable. That's the thing with with Mimosa Joe. I've I've pitched this to Jeremy. I said at one point he can capture one of those, you know, one of those assailants, one of the people who are all in black, and just be like, let's see who you really are, and then f- pulls off the mask and it's Wardlow. And Wardlow says, and I would have gotten away with it if not for you, meddling. <laughs> I was thinking this is very Scooby Dooish. Let's see who you are. <laughs> We did a long-standing bit with Sky Blue wearing the stupid Sky Blue Scooby-Doo gear, and then we all figured out that she's the devil, and she would have gotten away with it if not for us meddling kids. They love them from Sky Blue, by the way. They do. I, I wonder why. Chat, why do you? No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask that. I ain't going to ask. Oh, my God. Vulture just said another super chat saying, it's crazy how AW Day One fans feel like Tony Khan turned on them and the MJF booking in some of these storylines. This would never happen two years ago. Do they have a point or is it overreactions? Well, I think it's I think it's all of the above. There is a honeymoon phase that comes with wrestling. Uh, Jimmy, I'll start with you. What are your general thoughts with that? I think do think they've gone from the, I won't say from the alternative to a, um, to be light. That's strongly I like to go. I think they're somewhere in the middle. They try to, um, you know, you want to reach a wider fan base. Um, are people overreacting to Tony Khan's booking in general? I'd say they're underreacting. I'd say I had this reaction for four years, but you know, we're not going to get into that. This is positivity. It's all vibes. Listen, I feel like the booking has been pretty hit for the last couple months. And that's a win. I will take it. SB3. Yeah, I've been in agreement that I like the fact that they've been putting in the storytelling a lot more and a couple of sports entertainment elements. I do understand that that is going to turn off a lot of these day one AEW fans. So I do think that they do have a point and they are noticing a change to the product. But in my opinion, it's been a change for the better. I've been enjoying a lot of the character work and the storylines that we've gotten this year. Like I said before, the Dynamite set segment where Christian's rechristening was one of the better segments that I enjoyed this year because Christian the show. Cage, that was amazing. Yes. Christian Cage is amazing. He's done amazing character work this year. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Timeless Tony Storm. I think she's been great this year and she had her best segment this past week. Like if you have all these people that are on career runs of character work or have had memorable storylines or fused this year, I can't understand why there's been this much of of negativity towards it or the the major, the minority that is upset about it they've been so vocal about it i don't agree that the mjf booking has been too much overall his entire reign i do think it was too much at full gear i i, was, I said it on our review on trio i'll say it here if you don't have the ambulance and the stretcher bit 
I think this goes over pretty well because that was exactly what I thought they would do. I thought they would do an injury angle for MJF to set up the main event. I think they went overboard with that stuff, making him into Stone Cold Max Friedman, <laughs> making him like like all this other stuff. Like it's like like if you're gonna be Jewish Rock, be Jewish Rock every week. It seems like some weeks he wants to be Jewish Rock, some weeks he wants to be a uh, Yo- yodel kid version of John Cena. I don't know. Like it's just like weird how he goes from John Cena to Stone Cold to The Rock back to John Cena. Like, it's like he's taking from all these bits where I just want you to be the MJF character, but you're directing all your 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 fire at heels. That's all you need to do. It's th- it's Jewish rock. Just be Jewish rock. That's your yeah, yeah. That's kind of why I enjoyed this segment this week a little more than usual when he tells Joe to... I won't tell you what he said to Joe originally. Yeah, it's supposed to be bad. So that's the MJF response. More of that, please. Absolutely. You... Yeah, we and call him- Adam Cole is the is the angel on his shoulder trying to talk him in, but he's really the devil. He thinks he's the angel on his shoulder, but he's really the devil because he's leading you down a path that's going to lead to Joe once again winning a world title. No one thought he was going to win. You call MJF the Semitic Standstone, by the way. <laughs> the Semitic Stone, if you want to get a little shorter for you. Where were they this week, by the way? Chicago? No, yeah, Chicago for uh, yeah for Thanksgiving. What an awful crowd. Um, did they what Christian Cage and Tony Storm? What kind of heinousness is this? Well, they're going to be, I mean, it's war games this weekend and they're in Chicago. <laughs> so the right. WWE fans just got a little uh, Wednesday night <laughs> advanced <laughs> seating. <laughs> Steve Austin is the best ever, but I don't think I can forgive him for the what. <laughs> uh, let's let's pivot real quick. Survivor Series is this Saturday. Um, what's, what's standing out to y'all other than Randy Orton coming back? Jimmy, I'll start with you. No LA night. Yeah. I really yeah. I really yeah. thought we were gonna do like a bloodline judgment day thing a month ago. It just never materialized. Fair enough. Um we're in a new period. I mean, Becky was left off the SummerSlam card, LA Knight's left off this card. It's just hey, we got five or six spots. Sorry. That's how that works. Um and uh, um I Listen, Zoe Stark has no chance. She has no shot, obviously. But I, I like what they've done with her so far. She feels, I'm not going to say she feels like a threat. She feels like somebody I should keep my eye on after Rhea beats her. Well, that's kind of what they're hoping for here. It, the idea yeah. being that you don't think that Rhea is going to, or sorry, you don't think that, uh, well, you don't think Rhea is going to drop the title, but you don't think Zoe Stark is going to win it. But you know that Zoe is going to have a fire match. She's going to do her best, and that's going to get people behind her moving forward. Triple H's vision for WWE right now is every time we come back to the building, we want people to be a little more over than they were before. This is a good opportunity. Can you run a main event? Like, can you run on a PLE and get over and fans are behind you? That's what they want to see. That's what's big. SB3. What do you want to see at uh, the war games survivor series? I am very interested in the war, the women's war games matchup because I came into survivor series war game 2022 very confident that WWE had jobbed out Bailey for two straight months for damage control to win at war games and they lost. 
So if they go into this war games after EO wins the championship, wins money in the bank, you got the interesting whole Bailey storyline where she's kind of seemingly being pushed out of damage control before our eyes. You get Kyrie Sane to come back. You get Oscar to turn heel and join the group. All for them to lose? Like, I'm sorry. This might be the biggest blunder of a, like, Triple H has Booker of the Year kind of locked up because, like we've established, Tony Khan's have some issues this year. So Triple H got it. But he will fumble this this award by not having damage control, stick this landing, and winning on Saturday. Find the Avengers and Shotzi. No offense. You think Shotzi is the biggest wrestling star? Don't be crazy. No, no, I'm I'm saying it's the Avengers and Shotzi, exactly. <laughs> my my general feeling is that this is Shotzi's match to shine in, in on multiple platforms. Do I think she is the like most incredible wrestler in the world? No. Have I seen her do some incredible shit when it comes to plunder and toys? A hundred percent. I have a soft spot in my heart for Shotzi because I we have had our interactions and they've been very positive. So I want to see her and many others succeed. This to me feels like a match for her to have Get a pen. Oh, no, I go ahead. <laughs> what, what did you say? <laughs> Get pinned. <laughs> Take the loss. <laughs> that's fine. I understand that she's there for that. Uh, and that's okay. I don't give a shit if she, as long as she does something that gets people talking. And I know because that's really what it is in WWE and a lot of wrestling now. It's that those moments are what make you a star. And this is an opportunity for her. Yeah, does she get pinned? More than likely. Do I think that damage control walks out winning? Yeah, I do, because I don't think that the jumping Bailey out of the out of uh, damage control, I don't think that's happening yet. We've seen so many times in wrestling, especially in the last couple of years, and I appreciate this, where the seeds are sown, but they don't immediately jump on it. They let things fester. Groups have issues. Judgment Day is a good example of this. They argue, they fight, then they come back together. Sometimes stronger, sometimes it's just the same, but something is festering, and you're not just immediately blowing it up for the sake of blowing it up. It's like those, uh, if you're on Reddit, it's the, am I an asshole for doing this? And then there's always one person who's even keeled, and then there's always like 20 million people who are just like, go no contact! Get rid of them. Get them out of your life. And it's like, all I did was like tell my kid no to having a piece of cake the day before their birthday. <laughs> that's what the problem is. Not the problem, but that's what a lot of wrestling has become. It's just like the second that an issue arises, no, nah, it's got to be over. Like that's the end of the blow it off. Right. Yeah. Let it fester. That's what this is to me. It's letting it fester. Bailey could win the match and right. really start a weird conversation with the rest of her team. Uh, so we'll see. I'm looking forward to, to war games. I really am. There, there's yeah. some good build going on here, even though some of it was last minute. I'm still. I want to see what happens. This isn't the blow off for a lot of things, but it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be at least the blow off for that men's story. Oh, oh finally! Or two. Jesus, like if I, I if I never see these people interact with <laughs> with Judgment Day again, I'd be very happy. I think it, I think Randy will probably feud with Judgment Day. Maybe going into like WrestleMania, he seems like a big enough babyface to feud with one of their uh, their guys in there, whether it's Damian Finn or even Dom. So I could see that. But Cody, Sammy, Jay, Seth, I never want to see them face damn uh, Judgment Day ever again, unless it's just Damian Priest cashing in Money in the Bank. I oh, hope we- to God that Jay wins the match for his team. And then as they're celebrating, Randy just RKO's Jay, looks at him and says, 
now we're even. And then just walks out. And they're not, they're, they have no problems with each other. They're just like, now we're even. And that's it. And it's just this hilarious, <laughs> like, oh shit, what happened? I, um, you think McIntyre is done with Judgment Day after this? Like he's just here for the match? I think that they're going to interact, but I don't think he's going to join them. But if he does, then they got to kick out Priest. Yes. How should yeah. go? I have McIntyre clear. Get rid of this group. Well, they Keep look too much alike. And they're too big. So <laughs> yeah, that too. And and Damian Priest, they've been teasing that of him going babyface for a couple of months now. Uh, the only other match I think was worth mentioning because I know Jimmy is be- is begging to to mention him. Gunta. We'll be on a premium live event again. So I know Jimmy is happy. Unfortunately, it's against the Miz. But um, I love this. <laughs> this is great. I like this field too. Yeah, I said, um, it, that segment on Monday was excellent. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Do you guys know that the Miz has giant balls? <laughs> really? Does he have a t-shirt for that? He has he has a t-shirt and he has an entrance where he then swoops around and grabs his giant balls and puts uh, his legs out wide and does this for three steps. And you know what? God bless that man for using his giant balls this past Monday as a as a babyface tactic. <laughs> they really let the Miz they really trust the Miz a lot. They let him They should. They stay let him say anything and have anything said to him. Between this feud and the LA Night feud, they just let motherfuckers go upside his head. Um, I'm not mad at it though, it works, but yeah, it's Gunta and Miz. Gunta finally on PLE. I'm so happy. He's the he's the owner of the best match ever. Him and Dragunov, uh, won in front of nobody, even the fans couldn't ruin it because they weren't there. Um, <laughs> and I assume he'll get a great match out of the Miz. Oh, I can't yeah. wait, Jimmy. Who do you think is going to take that title from, from Gunther? I would have said Chad Gable a couple months ago. That's over, that's not happening. They're done with that. Um, I hope he relinquishes it. Well, that's not true. I hope he relinquishes the world title when he wins it um, and keeps the IC belt. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I hope he doesn't lose it at this point. I hope it is taken from him. Taken okay. From his hands. SB3, do you have anyone in mind? I, I've been on this whole uh, track of Gunta is the champ, the Intercontinental Champion beating Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship because he's beaten everyone in the IC title division that wanted a shot at him. So he finally says, okay, I want that one now. I want that one now. He takes that one. We get the shot of Gunther holding up the IC and the World Heavyweight Championships at WrestleMania. And then you can give it up. Or the ne- you do that on night one of WrestleMania. And night two, you do a multi-man ladder match to determine the new Intercontinental Champion, which Chad Gable wins. I don't think this is happening tomorrow. So, chat, be, be cool. I could see Gunther dropping it to Ludwig Kaiser if he catches on. Because what do you do in the bloodline when someone catches on? You build them. Yeah. What do you do with your other groupmates when you get them hot? You build them. That title, and Gunther has said this in interviews, he's not going to drop that championship. He's not going to like relinquish it in a way that Samoa Joe did. Samosa Joe or Gosa Joe, Mimosa Joe. Instead, he's going to lose it and then move up from there. He, they could do a, a WrestleMania 6 where you know he wins both titles and then the next day says, hey, Jack Tunney, get rid of this Intercontinental Championship. I don't need it anymore. And then they can do something with it. But I would rather see someone get made from that victory over Gunter because that's what they're building to. We, not we, WWE builds now based on title reigns and based on the person holding the title. Title makes the man, the man makes the title, and then they transfer over the lineage or the prestige of that title being on someone's waist long enough. 
that title prestige should hypothetically go to the victor, the next person to win that title. I just don't see anybody on the come up on the main roster right now. Like Ilya Dragunov immediately comes to mind as far as like that person that should be the person to dethrone Gunther after such a long reign. Sheamus was another one that was popular before, but he's hurt right now. So Ludwig Kaiser is not it's not that bad. I feel Giovanni Vinci is a better worker, so I would I wouldn't mind that either. So yeah. Ludwig's faces, his facial expressions are great. Yes. And and they're hoping for that. They're hoping that that this catches on and He's doing little things right, is uh, is Kaiser. So there you go. Will Chisholm sent a super chat. This is going to round us out. Bailey better stop teasing that they might bring back Mercedes Monet on social media, or fans will really be mad. But if that happens, Tony Khan will drop the ball, and Jimmy Macram will be very happy. I'm very confident she's not going to AEW. She ain't going there. She's not going. Yeah, she's paying attention. Listen, Mercedes pays attention. She sees other women there stuck <laughs> in between bad booking and um, Tony Storm. She, uh, <laughs> and Juilliard. And Juilliard. Oh, yeah, she ain't coming there. For what? Why? Why would I do that? Outside the paycheck. Oh, I said this before. And and SP3, you can chime in. The idea here is that Mercedes wouldn't be signing a deal. She would be coming in to face some talent that she really likes. And then, bye-bye. Like oh. Rhonda did. And Rhonda looked great, ladies and gentlemen. Ronda Rousey looked great in her ROH debut. Yes, that everybody watched on Thanksgiving Thursday night on the (laughs) ROH app that is watched by everybody. Um, I watched it this morning, sir. I was with my family uh, during the day, but she did great. Shout-outs to Ronda Rousey, the real first black woman in Remain Event WrestleMania. Wow. Great, sweetie. (laughs) Listen, she's good, but come on. We've we've gone way over time, and y'all have a show very shortly on the True Heel Heat channel. So, Jimmy, why don't you go ahead, plug everything you got going on, and then SP3 and I are going to get out of here. Uh, At Jimmy Macrum on YouTube, we watch television shows and movies and react to it. Me and SP3 are currently watching Atlanta. And uh, the same thing on Twitter, where I I don't really have any thoughts or opinions. I just see other people's opinions, and I trash them because they're poorly done. And I don't believe in live and let live or fucking it's not for me or any of this other stuff. No, this was bad. I'm like, you know, it's bad. Matt Jackson stinks. Nick Jackson's great. Like, this is a fact. It's not my opinion. It is what it is. We got we to gotta have Jimmy join our, our Bucks versus Usos to me, too. Yeah. I thought about that while Cam was talking. I was like, oh, Jimmy's here. Are we going to do this? Nah, oh. let's let Cam have his moment. Rolling Thanks. my eyes so hard. <laughs> SP3. Take them home. Well, I'll take everyone home, but you go first. Follow the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Me and Jimmy will be live today. Yes, today, 105 p.m. Eastern time. AE Ramble reviewing AEW Dynamite. We're usually on live on Thursday, but Thursday was Thanksgiving. So we're going live today. So we hope that we see all of y'all people that are watching right now live. Y'all join us over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel and Will Chisholm. Show us some love with those super chats. Bring some over for us. Absolutely. Uh, everyone, thank you so much. This was a fun episode. See, you don't need Jeremy Lambert to have fun. It's more fun when we don't have him. That's when our friends pop up and just talk shit for two and a half hours. <laughs> so that's what we do here. Uh, we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on YouTube.com slash book. Go ahead, drop a thumbs up on the video. And of course, you can comment on it as well. Say some nice things to us, would you? Okay. 
that's what we're going to do. Uh, tons of stuff coming up. There's an entire weekend of war games and AW programming and so much stuff. So go ahead. Just follow the channels. We're everywhere. Okay. Uh, until then, I am Atrial Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we will see you in the next one. Enjoy the weekend. Cheers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.